Hey, this is your Aunties Could Never, a podcast where you get to hear from your favourite aunties who have all the real talk with our thoughts on what's going on in the world. We'll be reminiscing about what it was like black in our day. And most importantly, we'll be helping you sort out your daily dilemmas with advice only your coolest auntie will give. I'm Auntie AK. I'm Auntie Farah. I'm Auntie Nana. And I'm Auntie Sade. Guys, what have you heard? What's been in the news? What headlines has caught your attention? So I think we have to talk about Kanye. So over over the weekend, right? Over the weekend, so Kanye in his quest to um, still run for president, he done a rally and what first kind of looks like, I don't know, like a bit of a media circus, like slowly turned into quite a, a disturbing an unsettling affair where he was like ranting certain things and just generally seemed unstable and I think now he's done some tweets that are looking a bit I don't even know like just not stable where he's talking about Kim Kardashian his wife insinuating that she's tried to get him committed that Chris has also done this that you know same things like you know he doesn't want his daughter's or his family doing Playboy, so taking a swipe at, at Kim, I guess, kind of thing. Or You know, I feel like this has kind of been a long time coming. Like, we've been seeing Kanye unraveling in front of our eyes. And although nothing's confirmed, let's be honest, there's definitely a serious question about his mental health. And I just wonder, like, how do you help someone like Kanye, who is in the public eye, has a platform, who is very influential, and um, who is clearly, clearly not in a good place at the moment kind of thing. And we know that, you know, we know about the bipolar, but it just, it does seem like a bit more than that at the moment. That's what, that's what is coming across like. So how do you deal with someone like this? And, and also as well, like Kim's getting a hell of a lot of black, backlash at the moment. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And I just feel like if you put yourself in your, that position and then you're someone's wife who is having an episode, how are you supposed to deal with an episode like that? It's a very difficult thing when someone is in a manic kind of state. Yeah, so I guess that, that, that's my question. If you have been following Kanye's career throughout this entirety, you will see that he's certainly had episodes like this in the past. I know people that are bipolar and there are levels to it. So there are levels where it's not as bad and then there's levels where it's scary, life-threatening for them and maybe people who are around them. In terms of trying to help somebody who's going through that, it's very, very difficult because they don't think that there's anything particularly wrong with them at the time. They're just going through and they're doing all these erratic things and, and it's very difficult. So the fact that Kim's getting backlash, it is very difficult to get somebody to take their medication. It's very difficult to get them to sit down and talk to anybody. It's just a horrible, horrible situation. For me, what I found upsetting is, and I didn't watch all of it, I just saw a lot of the comments on Facebook and Instagram and stuff like that. And what's upsetting to me is people that just still don't understand how mental health actually works you know people were still coming out and saying oh he's an idiot he's this he's that and the other and I'm talking about people who when he's up they're on him like yeah Kanye you're so great you know his peers and then when he's down they're very quick to just focus on the shit that he's saying I'm not even going to say that he's not saying nonsense he is but that's all part of the episodes but they're just focusing on the comments that he's making as though he's of sound mind can you not see that he's clearly in pain and unable to communicate 
or express himself properly. I don't really know what you do. And that's based off my own experience. You sometimes have to let them go through it and let them get to a position where they come down. You know, it's being around them and making sure that they're not hurting themselves. But you can't force somebody to seek help short of having them committed. You can't. Watching the full rant, I felt for him... But in a way, it really, really, and maybe this is like a part of um, bipolar, it just reminded me of Get Out. It reminded me of like a real duality going on within him. It's like he was arguing with himself. Mm -hmm. And when he started crying, I just went back to that scene where the maid is saying no, 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 but inside her is something else. And then the tears start coming. I was just like really watching him like, the conflict of what he's in and we have no clue what he's battling with the different voices that are probably coming at him to go through with this don't go through with it and then his kind of mental health issues as well I just really felt for him I also was like why are people expecting Kim to do anything Kim is a part of the problem so Where's her capability to do anything in order to help him? It's not. There are so many people that will Kanye out when they want to wheel him out. She is also a part of that. So once you wheel him out and then he goes running off on his own trajectory, they don't have the power to wheel him in. That's him. We're just witnessing a man and his journey and the spiralling that is unfolding, really. Like, what can we do? It's more about the team around him because he's not getting places by himself. There's a team of people that set that up, that would have known his mental state, that Mm -hmm. still allowed him to go out on stage. They still allowed an audience to be there. They allowed cameras to roll. There are other people that could have shut that shit down. And again, it kind of reminds me of of Amy Winehouse as well. And Mm -hmm. a team around you that needs you to function for them to make money. They're going to will you out and they know your mental state and they know that mm, could go either way. They may be okay today, they may not, but they're prepared Mm -hmm. to take that gamble because they need the check that you are providing for them. So I literally only watched it because I knew that we would be discussing it today. But um, yeah, I just have him in my prayers. But that's, that's it with Kanye. It's like, what can we do? We don't know what their relationship's like. We assume we know because we see stuff. And I find it unfair that people assume that she should be able to fix this. She's one person. They've got kids. Do you you really think that this is how she wants her husband to be reacting? She doesn't need the money. Do you know what I mean? It's, It's not like this is great publicity for them. I just feel like it's very easy for people on the outside to say this person within their group should be doing stuff. I do agree with you when you say, though, that he does have a team. They are letting him get to these places and be on camera and stuff like that. But additionally, there are a lot of people that he's feeding and they don't care. They don't all care about his welfare. And I don't really believe that Kim is part of that. I don't know what Chris is about, but I don't believe that the mother of your children is really going to want you to be unravelling in such a way that could be detrimental to your health, ultimately. You, you know, he could do something and he could die. We're watching a person unravel. I've been super critical of the Kardashians in general, but I definitely think it's not fair to leverage everything at Kim as the wife. I think that position is a hard position to be in when someone's in that state. 
But I don't think we can also say that she's not part of the enablers, even if she doesn't want him to unravel in this way. I don't know if she's consistently had his best interests at heart. But then I don't generally think that that family have a great reputation when it comes to people who need in who are tied to them. And I don't follow them deeply. So it's easy for me to detach from them and being in their corner. But I can imagine if you've got someone who's going through an episode, how the hell do you stop them? But it's not about money being the resolver, but he has access to all these resources. And there are people who I think working, when you're talking about working class, being here at NHS, trying to get that, those kind of resources when you don't have money. If you have access to all the things, I just want to know what it is that makes it more difficult or what are the blockers in place? Because obviously he's Kanye West and obviously he can do what he wants. But I guess I don't understand how it got to the fact that he's doing a campaign rally. Because I think I read that I think when Kim did an interview, she said that there are signs when the unravel is starting to begin. So then we don't know the levels of Kanye's bipolar and how it starts. But she mentioned that there's signs. So in that space, why, if it's not her, why isn't his team? Why, I mean, I suppose you lot have answered it. The fact that they make money for he makes money for them. But setting up a rally, letting that rally go ahead, inviting people down. It's just for me, something could have been stopped. And I, I think maybe it's not exactly like maybe dragging the person to take their meds and all that type of stuff. But what can you, what perimeters can you set around the person to ensure that they don't do these things that take it too far? And he even tweeted today that, or yesterday that Get Out's made about me. And I don't know what that alludes. I think people are also misjudging that just because you have bipolar doesn't mean to say you're stupid. And doesn't mean to say that the thoughts yeah. that you're saying are all insane because it could just be the fact that you've got the freedom to say what's on your mind, whereas social constructs and restrictions make you not say what's on your mind so recklessly. I think I saw on social media, someone saying like, just because someone's got bipolar doesn't mean to say they can't be assholes. It's just the fact that because they're not in control of their faculties, there's an extra level of care that we have to, to afford to what they're saying and what they're doing because they're, they can potentially put themselves at risk. So I don't even think we can even judge what Kanye is saying against what Kanye would say on meds, Kanye wouldn't, would say off meds, because he's always been a bit eccentric anyway. So I don't know if we can even judge what he's saying as something that he wouldn't say if he was on his meds. So I, it's a weird bag. It's not nice to see. I am concerned about his team around him. You know, the thing about people making jokes, I think I've seen more people like, oh, okay, Kanye's really not well. I think it took a moment because, as you said, Farah, people don't understand bipolar because people can come across normal or as everybody else until they do something really extreme so in the normal days of Kanye it's just like he's a bit eccentric and says wild things everyone takes that and that's just Kanye it's the stuff like the crying that makes people see that okay this is off kilter so I, I kind of understand why people aren't necessarily able to decipher when he's totally going off to when he's you know, just being Kanye, being a bit eccentric trying to promote stuff and saying things for controversy I think that sometimes in the past, he's been given way too much leeway with the, the comments that he said, even before it was known that he had bipolar. And I think that that has been part of the problem of mm -hmm. why things are escalating like this, because it's all well and good to have alternative opinions. Of course, do you know what I mean? We need that for healthy dialogue. It is hard to gauge when is this actual unstable talk or is this your actual opinion? And I think a lot of people were taking it as it's his opinion and he can say his opinion rather than like, oh, he's in a manic state at the moment. So he's, he's just ranting. Had we not seen the rally and we just saw the tweets, I think people would have taken that as that's his opinion. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? It's because we've seen the visual breakdown of him and it's almost been pushed to that for people to take it 
pretty seriously. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And like, what is annoying? Not annoying, but it's just these are red flags. Like, what's what's been happening before has been yeah. red flag. Him trying to run for president, it's a red flag. We can somewhat assume that the people around him are not giving him care. Just like with Michael Jackson, the people around him, they weren't giving him care. We don't want that to happen to Kanye, do you know what I mean? But that's that's the direction we're going in. If you're surrounded by yes people, I don't know what the, the rules are, but someone of that state of mind should not be running for president. He should come off that ticket immediately. Like, do you know what I mean? And the fact that it's been allowed to be entertained this far is just so problematic because it feeds into the mania. That's not healthy for him, his kids, his family. It's just really, really upsetting. You know, I'll never take away from his talent, but to see his demise like this, Mm -hmm. the media is just eating it up like it's entertainment. I haven't been a massive fan because he said wild things and I just don't support it. But this is not what I want. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to see a black man being destroyed in front of the media. I think I'm going to repeat myself. The fact that we've got someone like Donald Trump who became president, it's a free-for-all. Look, when we watched Tiger King, he ran for what? <laughs> yeah. As a yeah. senator, whatever. How dare... People voted for yeah. him. What about that man made you say, you know what, I'm going to cast my... I finally started to watch Trial by Media. It was in the 90s or late 80s when they had Guardian Angels. During those times, there was a guy who shot four black guys on a tube and he was a white guy. And because he came across as like a geek or something like that, he got off in the first instance. And they like they did the news bites going around people. This woman was like, yes, I'm glad he got off. He should run for president. And that was it back then. Like, wh- how do you correlate the two? They presented it as someone who defended themselves against these obviously aggressive, scary right. black men. But because he got off, that was her qualification. He got off because he decided to shoot four black guys on a tube. He should run for president. That was her whole sentence. And she didn't feel stupid saying it. So this is the type of people that we're dealing with here that... We're so used to politicians being celebrities themselves. People don't take actual policies and things seriously anymore. They take their favourite person and want them to be president because they're their favourite person without actually applying common sense. So I don't think it's that surprising that people are engaged with what Kanye is saying and say, OK, Kanye wants to run for president. Why not? Go ahead. Can't be worse than President Trump. But what is really disturbing is the people in the comments are like, yeah, Kanye, keep on going, keep talking. You've got the... Um, because he's talking about pro-life stuff, they're jumping on his dick now, saying like, yeah, this is it, Kanye's speaking the truth. And the le- it's just, he's been politicised and is a puppet based on these words. And these are, this is a man who's not well. The world is absolutely insane. We've seen this before. We've seen what they did to Britney Spears. She was clearly on the road to crashing and burning and they just made fodder out of it. It was news, it was fun, it was comedy for a lot of people. We've seen what's happened with Tamar Braxton this week as well. You just never know what somebody is going through. And that's why people need to be a little bit careful in how they respond to what's happening to Kanye. I was thinking of um, Amanda Seals on The Breakfast Club this week. And when she was talking about having a breakdown in March and Mm. literally like really that being triggered by so many different opinions coming Mm. at her and just not knowing who you are anymore and getting to that point of really thinking if the world can't take me why am I here and I think sometimes we forget at how much opinion can be leveled at a celebrity very fast and we can all say switch off your phone but again it's going to come to you from 
your friends, your family, even just looking mm-hmm. out for you, like, oh, you're trending again. Like, you know, you're going to get it a, a lot from different directions. And we yeah. all think people have the mental capacity to handle this just because they appear in our boxes, whether that's the box on our phone or the box in, in our living rooms. And we all have to be way more mindful of their humanity that this is just a person who has an extraordinary amount of people coming at them daily if you think of just two family members that may not like you and how that can affect your mood yeah let alone having thousands of opinions being leveled at millions tell you like how do you deal with that really even if you have another thousand who love you negativity seems to always outweigh the positivity yeah yeah i am really mindful of people going in on on him at the moment about um what he spoke about in regards to Harriet Tubman because again we don't have the full thread of thought that may have been there and you can see that he isn't all there so he we don't know if a full string sentence came together where we would be like oh that's an interesting point but because we're not having a full stream of consciousness it does sound like ludicrousness but we can see that he's in a vulnerable state i don't understand or no i do understand people just like hurting people who you can tell are hurt yeah to feel slightly better for a moment Mm -hmm. at spitting venom and it's just so low vibration it's like really i don't see how anybody can watch that and level anything other than compassion to a man that is clearly in the throes of despair and this is how I felt about Megan and Stalin when she's been in her situation and people are making jokes about it. I really didn't find that funny. Whatever the situation is, some man got vexed with her that she was, thought she was cool with and shot her in the foot. And there's all these jokes around it. And I thought, this isn't funny. And I think what made it worse is the fact that she came out and said, this is not funny, guys. You know, she did that statement about giving her energy, wasting her energy in a space that she shouldn't have. It wasn't specific about it being Tory lanes necessarily, but that's the outcome. He's the one who shot her in the foot. So it's allegedly that he shot her in the foot. And it, allegedly it seems like they were in something and this is a fallout. So I just didn't find that funny because I'm very sensitive to the black women in this, in this space, accepting less and being caught up in these situations. Domestic mm-hmm. violence this is domestic violence as well, essentially. If he's vexing, that's his reaction to shoot someone in the foot because she said something he doesn't like. That's not good. And even the same thing with Nick Cannon, with the situation that he got into, he then started like kind of tweeting similar, like, you know, I'm, why am I here? I don't need to be here. He lost his job. And then for apologizing, he gets called a coon and a hypocrite. <laughs> I understand people, humans as well. Sometimes we just want someone to believe in, then we just take it too far. And we just, you know, feel like they've got to live and die for us, our expectations. But then that's why I also don't like people like 50 Cent because he, I think he made a joke about Kanye. And it's just like, Someone like him is in a position of power and influence. And as we're all saying that it's bottom feeder behavior and it's low vibrancy behavior, 50 Cent is the epitome of that as well. Mm-hmm. And it's not funny. He's got wit and he's clever with it. But He's not alone he's, though. He I'm really not, isn't alone. I'm not saying he's alone. I'm just saying that 50 Cent is one of the most prominent ones who do the trolling and all that type of stuff that we're talking about isn't good. He's a poster boy for it, isn't he? Yeah. I think it's difficult because I, I can't sit here and pretend like I haven't laughed at certain memes or whatever kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? Like I have, 
I do find them entertaining over time, do you know what I mean? But I wouldn't actively tweet a celebrity and tell them that they're a coon or anything like that. That's not really my cup of tea. Like, kind of thing. Even if I did think they were one. And I think this is the problem with social media is that people are saying things to other people that they could never say to their face. Do you know what I mean? Like, it just gives that illusion that you can do what you want and I do think that there should be like uh what do you call it repercussions for that do you know what I mean if you're caught and they can trace it back to you specifically you should have some sort of penalty against you kind of thing because you can't really do that to people especially like threatening behavior all those kind of things you know that it should be much easier to track those people back and that is the the issue with these platforms that they're not doing enough to protect people all around, not just celebrities, but all around. I think they could be doing a hell of a lot more there. But I do struggle with it because I do believe in freedom of speech at the same time, I really do. But I believe in common decency as well. It's just actually at times like a real conflict. The Megan one didn't sit well with me, but that's because I think personally, I like her as an artist, I like her music. She's a black woman, I relate to that. So. I think it kind of hits me more where I'm just like, oh, that's my fave. Like, do you know what I mean? So, like, I don't want to be, like, sitting here thinking, oh, you know, that's, that's across the board because it isn't. I don't feel that way about every person it happens to. I just don't. So it's just, it's just a difficult one. I do think we generally, in social media, just can just be a bit more kinder. You know, a lot of people get rubbish for, like, you know, sending heart emojis or be, like, celebrating people and all that kind of stuff. Like, but no, it's needed. It's actually needed. It doesn't take two minutes. It's needed because you have to actually balance out the hate, really mm. and truly. So if... I try my best in myself to try and think about what I share or I'm trying to actively be better if I share stuff and not take sides because I think that's the thing. Because I, I resonated more with Megan. I didn't like Kanye's situation, but I feel like this is something that's... I'm not as worried. I don't know. Maybe I feel like he, he can get the help and he has access to it, so maybe he'll be okay. I don't know why I feel like that. But mm-hmm. Megan hit me indifferently. But I didn't, I didn't share anything funny about Kanye either. I don't think it's funny. But I was more, a tad more offended about what happened with Megan and seeing jokes about Megan. So it is about your faves. Oh, and mm-hmm. she's, not even, she's not even a fave. I don't even follow her like that. I actually don't even follow her like that. Just a story hit me. And I think it's because she tweeted like, guys, this is not funny. You're actually making jokes about, the f- I was shot in the foot. Yeah. Like, that's not funny. And we do, we forget that. I think it's that thing like you think it's that, you, you know, teasing people, making jokes. But when you don't know that someone's saying, oh, I don't know, making the slightest joke, it can resonate with some. You just don't know what someone's going for on a day-to-day basis. So the day that you make something that's like a childish joke about someone, that is the one thing that makes them feel like, well, well, F everything, I'm off, because it was that one little thing that got to me. So we just don't know. But also, as Shadi said, you can't necessarily, you've got to think like, okay, is this a fair meme to share? Is this a fair tweet? What do you do? But then also, when you're sharing these things, we're all part of the fabric of it. Because even sharing it around, even if you don't at someone, and showing a bunch of friends to laugh at, it's still part of the vibration that goes towards the person because that person could potentially give it to someone who does tweet it at the person and does something. So we're all part of it, but it's really hard to dis- disentangle us, <laughs> disentangle <laughs> ourselves from the stuff because we're all, it's, it's, just, it's just the mad thing. This is why in reality shows, they have psychologists now because these people, celebrities, they don't get trained how to deal with 
the influx of negativity that comes their way. And that's why on these reality shows where they have like your normal Joe going on these shows that they make sure that they are trying now because of what's happened in the past where people have committed suicide. They're trying now to make sure that they're supporting them in some ways. There's a comment here from Nicola. Hey. Hey, she says the social code of social media is not about humanity it is an entire subculture that we're getting to grips with um i think social media is a planet which mimics earth but is not i think that's a very, that's a that's very interesting so true. comment that's so true. yeah and i was just so gonna add as well like there was this um i don't know the exact details of the story but there's this nigerian boy who was uh called out on social media in like a sexual harassment thing and it kind of turns out that the person his name was called out he was like oh i didn't do anything who's the person that's saying this and that person's name wasn't revealed and it turned out it wasn't a physical thing but he killed himself oh. you know what i mean and it's like it's just like things like that it's just so traumatic we don't know what his mental health was like people just need to understand the power of their words and their mm. actions you know like it's just it, for what <laughs> for, that, like for a tweet do you know what I mean it's, it's just the ugly side of, of our society um, last week or maybe the week before can't remember but it's all come out now um, you know the Latin American company called Goya yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there's Donald Trump in the White House sat on the table with all the Goya products <gasps> lined oh. up yeah, yeah, yeah. And this comes out off of the back of the president of Goya companies, like throwing support at, at Donald Trump. So then Donald Trump, in response, sits at the presidential desk in the White House with a bunch of Goya products as, like, as though to say that man uses them. Then there's another picture of, what's his name again? Ivanka. That's the one I saw. Ivanka Trump is there holding a tin of beans. Like, I use this. You know you don't use it. So now they're being boycotted. They're being cancelled, basically, by um, loads of people in America. I'm a little bit sad because I do get a little seasoning from them still. Like, when I go to Grenada, (laughs) I get my little um, all-purpose seasoning. So I'm like, oh, that's going to have to stay in the back of the cupboard now, man. Did you guys hear about this? And if so, what are your thoughts? I didn't hear about Trump doing it. I saw Ivanka because she's like, she's just the worst. <laughs> she's oh my such God. Tr- she's just so trash. All the things she does, that like, his children are like the worst bunch of children you can ever <laughs> think of. They're just doing anything. They're just flouting all the rules. There's nepotism everywhere. They just do what they like. They're literally like the worst kind of, I don't know, like dynasty show ever. And the kids are just running wild, just making a mockery of their dad's official status because they, <laughs> they can. You can imagine them being the worst, like frat boy, frat girls, mean girl, mean boys. You can just see. And there's, where's the one that um, they always make fun of? The, the visually challenged. The, the son. Yeah, the son. <laughs> oh, you are the worst. The no. one that they said, this was it's the, the sperm that won. No, 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 no. No, there's, he's got another daughter. He's got a daughter. Oh, yeah, Tiffany. Yeah, Tiffany. Yeah, she's one of his ex-communicated, isn't she? Yeah, but really... because of her looks, that's what he <laughs> used to say. <laughs> no he's out way! Of order. Yeah. He said it! But remember, he didn't want to take a picture with her. Randomly, I don't even know. I mean, I shouldn't be surprised. I saw a prior picture of Ivanka, and I'm not trying to shame anyone's looks and anyone who gets plastic surgery. However, I didn't even think or even imagine that she had plastic surgery. I didn't even think about it. Original Ivanka. Wow. <laughs> 
So I need to look it up. It's more in line with the family visual challenges. Well, I have nothing to contribute, just the fact that I'm not surprised. There's a bunch of nonsense. The presidency is running on nonsense. Trump is, <laughs> Trump is now threatening. What's he threatening now? That if he, if he doesn't make it into the White House this term, he's going to do... <laughs> Full investigation. He's not going to leave. He's going to have to be ousted like a Oh, my God. Like, he's going to do full investigation before he leaves the White House. He's not having it. He's already said that. It's fake news. He's dismissing everything. The whole family's corrupt, allegedly, if that's going to save us from anything. Allegedly, I believe, <laughs> the Trump family's corrupt. Goya for nonsense. No, no, whatever. Whatever. I'm going to try and share the picture. So, I'm going to try and find Goya. it. Goya... So the president of Goya, did he give some money or was it just support? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. He's giving money as well. Yeah. Okay, okay. So really, again, this is another bat signal from the Trumpster. (laughs) Because (laughs) the president is absolutely not allowed to endorse a company like that. Mm, Although they do. So to me, it's like he's just clearly laying it out for all the public to see that this is what us presidents do. So usually it'd be behind closed doors. Like he would allow some type of trade deal with Goya and they would be providing whatever for however many people forever and some type of advertising tax rights, all of that jazz. But he's doing it so in your face and he is, you know he's not going to be prosecuted, although this is against the law. The president is not allowed to do what he's doing. But he's just showing us repeatedly that it doesn't matter what the law is, I can get away with it. Me and my cronies, we are above the law. <laughs> what are you guys going to do about it? And this is the thing, all we're doing is talking about it. This guy is giving us ample string to change the world and nobody's changing the world. So really, is he corrupt? Or are we corrupt as well for implementing the corruptors and not taking back our power? The system's corrupt because at the end of the day, I don't. I swear the Republicans still hold the Senate majority. or the House. Yeah, they well they've got majority anyway, so they'll block anything that the Democrats will put through, no matter what, whether it's good for them or good for society or bad. For, do you know what I mean? They're going to yeah. block absolutely everything. So I just think the whole system's corrupt. What he's doing, I think you're absolutely right, Antonana. He is just showing you. Yeah, I can do all of this. He's just showing you that that's, that's... Listen. Yeah. Man, do I want? Man talked about grabbing pussy. It's true. To be fair, like, you could even be married more than once. Do you know what I mean? Like, you couldn't do that and have the presidency. It was unheard of. And then we've got both him and Boris. (laughs) (laughs) Well, listen, Boris just, like, single partnered. Like, he doesn't even have a wife. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. But he's he's like the Imagine. original baby dad, isn't it? I don't think he's supported all his children, all that kind of stuff. He doesn't <laughs> he even wants know to do... how many kids he's got. Exactly. Like, when he wants to do policies on frigging, uh, you know, welfare and all that kind of stuff and, and, and give advice on and how people should raise their children. But raise your own children, isn't it? <laughs> um, I'd like to disassociate myself from the we because it's not my fault. The society is how it is. Thank you very much. <laughs> I have not encouraged or endorsed any Trump or Boris. Thank you very much. So it's not the we, it's the they. I really hope this is the end of it for him. But then we don't know what we're going to get with Joe Biden. And we don't know what we're going to get with Keir Starmer if um, Boris doesn't win either. So does Boris right. get a second term? I don't even, I'm confused. Boris can, Boris can run and run and run and run and run and run. Look how long Maggie Thatcher was in. Because it's so, not yeah. even four years. It's not no, same. it's not. Um, yeah, Vanka's original face, mate. 
he lives it. But yeah. in the spirit of not being a bully or trolling people, we advise you guys. He... That's what I'm saying, though. In the spirit but of not being... But this is what I'm saying. Is this a society that we... If we have a negative opinion or something, we're not allowed to say? Is that, is that, is that okay. what's... I mean, it's not like we said what has been reported in the press where they're like, this is the sperm that won. It's not like we said that. We just said... <laughs> Again, I didn't say it. I've just read that, that. Those are the comments I've seen. This is the sperm that won. But the thing is... <laughs> And it's weird because like, I'm ready to like, because I was the one who said it, like uh, Ivanka's original face <laughs> is very in line with that Trump family trait that, they, that Trump doesn't approve of. Yeah. However, it's like, because I don't care for that family, so I don't care how Ivanka feels. I don't. <laughs> but maybe you'll draw the line at that if she's ill or if she starts to display signs of being affected, because she doesn't seem to display it as signs of being affected by anything. She's enjoying yeah. her dad's presidency. So maybe that's... True as much as we got as human beings. She's if, they, if they feel, if they look like they don't give a damn and they're okay, then go for like Tommy Lauren and the people like that. I'll gun you all day long, mate, because you're a <laughs> racist wench. However, if she starts to be like, guys, I'm spiraling, then I don't actually go for her, but I'll remove myself from commenting on her if she's not well. Yeah. Maybe that's the benchmark. Maybe that's what you do. Because I, I don't have feelings for 50 but I don't want to see him lose, but I don't like what he does. And I don't appreciate what he's, his, his situation with his children, all that type of stuff. So, children? You know, children? He's got more than one child, hasn't he? Yeah, I know, but you're saying children. It's one son that he yeah. has a problem with. And it's, I understand, you know, I understand and but it's still... Hasn't he? It's also... Yeah, he has just started. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. But in the past, I have not appreciated because he's played his children off. He's picked one and not the other. So it's still affecting his yeah. children. I, I, I don't think he's played them off against each other. One's like six... The other's 25, seven-year-old or something like that. My point that. is, I don't like behaviour towards his children. Yeah, just, just say you don't like 50 and done it there. Like, you're saying, his ch- you're making a statement that's not true. But it's true. But because... no, you can, you can see can it like that, that because, because he, he, does, he does play that. But he, he plays play... it for social media, not maybe them to, you know, putting them in a room and saying, oh, I'm not going to talk to you. <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying <laughs> that. And then sharing that with the other one. It's not that, but he does basically go after his older son and he shows his younger son attention and posts him and shows him that so that is definitely playing his children off against each other to be honest in the public eye so yeah I think and that that's not cool I do think it's not cool and I I was talking to my brother about this actually because Mm. I want to dislike because there's a lot he stands for that's wrong it's really (laughs) wrong but he has, and I think we, our co- kind of conclusion was that in society, yeah, you kind of do need those people that are just raw, like no matter what, who can almost be truth tellers <laughs> in certain situations. There needs to be someone who can play that role. And I think that, uh, yeah, I think, I think it's that because there's a lot of nonsense. There's a lot of pandering. There's a lot of sucking up to people and not saying how things are and all that kind of stuff. And there's exactly. a lot of people taking themselves yeah. way too seriously, sniffing their own bums, all that kind yeah. of stuff. So do you know what I mean? Like 50 brings everyone back to reality and he does it quickly. So I think that's why he gets a life from me. I totally agree. Some of the stuff that comes out of his mouth, I'm like, what are you talking about? But then at the same time, I feel like he's doing it just to poke the tiger. It's not necessarily that he believes it because even if you look at his dating history 
and then you look, listen to the tripe that he said the other day when he was on Little Wayne's show. They don't match. What did he say? I didn't oh, actually hear. I saw saying, people um, cussing him. He was saying some bullshit about black women and da 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 da, and that's why we don't go for them and shit like that. But it's like your dating history shows something completely different. So it's almost as though he said it just for saying it, rather than just because he knew that it would blow up and it would be something. I yeah. feel like with fifty, he's of the mind is no press is bad press. Yeah. So he just says yes. what the fuck he wants whenever he 100%. wants. Hundred percent. But interestingly, yeah, what makes him? Apart from, if you put aside uh, Kanye's condition, what makes him different from Kanye? Just as a, a, as a discussion point. What makes him different to, to Kanye is 50 has a command of what he's doing. So right. even when he's poking fun at somebody, he is like, I'm poking fun at you. I'm trolling you. That like He has a command of that. In a way that Kanye, I feel like Kanye pre-2016, um, he had that about him. Like, I'm shining a mirror on mm-hmm. what you guys don't want me to shine a mirror on. And then mm-hmm. after 2016, you see him trying to do that, but it kind of goes off. Like, the mm-hmm. mirror kicks on break. I think you're being nice by saying 2016. I think whenever his mum died, that's when it kicked in. He Before then, changed. he was always a bit of a truth teller, could control. No, I mean, like, after that, it kind of changed, like, his stability, let's say. He could have just been drinking more. I would say, yeah, that could have been the catalyst. That could Mm. be like a way to destabilise him. Mm. And Mm -hmm. then I do think they absolutely did something. So whatever the meds are, there are loads of people that I know that have been sectioned and they're never the same again. after. Never. Mm -hmm. And I feel like Kanye has that as well, whereas 50 doesn't. It's a very clear, he has his business acumen and he has his, Anansi side to him and I kind of like that Anansi energy I think there needs to be one or five if there could be big dogs who hold a lot of public attention and they show another side that they mm-hmm. can poke fun especially like even Will Smith you know it's like who goes for Will Smith yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. are gonna go at Will Smith 50 mm-hmm. will go at him as well and it's like yeah you yeah. need somebody that's gonna be like yeah you showed your ass here even mm. if I don't agree with him, it's just often don't. But I feel like that other side, that gutter energy weighs up this other kind of we are godly. It gives it balance. Like you need somebody being like, I'll oh, shut up. That's, <laughs> that's what the people are saying sometimes. We are like, we don't want to hear from you guys anymore. And 50 mm-hmm. will say it. So I, I appreciate him for that. That's the difference. There's control. Whereas mm. Kanye always feels out of control out of his strength i feel like somebody that's like running and they don't know when to stop with kanye until somebody pulls him back and then he tries to run again and then they pull him back and then he runs again and it's like that energy must be so tiring in his mind because you're never in your power like you're always fighting for power reading up on 50 before he was even famous this is a trait of his anyway and i've i've heard that he wouldn't keep his mouth shut about certain scenarios, which has led to certain nine shots and all that kind of stuff. I just don't know, because then it's just enabling them to say reckless stuff all the time, just because sometimes they're on point. You can't cancel him and you can't take them out necessarily, but then it's enabling him to, and when he is in his wicked moments, because he does have that influence and power, and then we're talking about 
then his, what he says affects someone and what can, then we're all enablers. And then we're not, we're never going to get out of that cycle of not being a part of this madness because we're enabling him because we're saying, yeah, cause he's, I don't know about needed, but then it comes to the point, well, who is he to be the person? But there is something in someone that's not scared to call people out for being a bit up their ass. But again, if they're being up their ass, who do you know what I mean? It's a bit of a mad one. What? Yeah. I suppose he pokes fun at himself as well though. So yeah. There's that. He's getting ahead of it before someone else does. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> like, the best way. <laughs> yeah. Some, sometimes, but people will say shit and then he'll be like, yeah. He has to. If he wants to stay in that yeah. position, he has to. He, he can't. So the story <laughs> mm-hmm. that I was really researching was Nick Cannon. Mm-hmm. So when he first did that podcast, when the podcast was broadcasted, I watched it um, with Professor Griff. Didn't think much of it. And then you have the fallout from it. So when the fallout came along, I was like, okay, this is an interesting moment in time for how this is going to go down because it's Nick Cannon. And he's Mm -hmm. about what the ones that I've seen, so I don't watch him religiously, but I've watched him with KRS-One and a couple of other people, like his train of thought in regards to speaking about Jewish people. This isn't the first time I've heard him mention Jewish people. It's probably the first time he went down the road of talking about um, white people as Neanderthals or savages and why we have racism is like the lack of melanin within them so they um, don't have any control over their urges because of this. This was the first time I heard him say that but still I just thought "Mm, he's kind of teetered around this before so I didn't think he would get the sack and when he did I thought he's not going to apologise because of he's had these streams of thoughts before. And then he did apologise. And as I'm watching it, I'm getting more and more annoyed at feeling played. Have you guys followed this? And did you have, uh, if you have, can you see, or am I going mad that I feel like this was staged and were being played? I don't know about that. The only thing I, and I, gosh, please, I don't want to be accused of being anti-Semitic or anything because I was trying to find the offence. I was trying to find the anti-Semitism. And I guess it was about him calling, saying people didn't have melanin, so they're Neanderthals. So is that what? No, because people were saying that's racism. Okay. So the anti-Semitism part was what he was saying about Jewish people. That, that black people are the promised people. That black people are Semitic, so you can't yeah. be anti-Semitic. That, oh, that think, they were Jews first. Or they that, were, I think know. that was the offence. Other than that, I couldn't see, other than him saying that Jewish people run the media. So I just, and so that's the part where I was a bit like, there are, it's really difficult because I'm not a hotep. However, there are conversations and, and, and hoteps, you know, whether you take it offensively or you take it as, with pride. I was struggling to find the part where if I was Jewish, I'd be offended. I needed to really get that and I didn't see it. So when I heard that he was sacked, I was a bit like, okay. Um, and then with him apologising, I actually thought he wasn't going to apologise as well. I, I thought he was like, you know what? I said what I said. I've been saying it. This is what I believe. And I thought he'd actually go down the route of trying to educate people and say that this is not anti-Semitic and this is what I meant. Yeah. Because I yeah. just genuinely didn't feel like what he said was anti-Jewish people. I just think he was stating what has been stated before, 
that black people were the first Jews, so they can't be anti-Semitic. So why is that anti-Semitic? Is it because we're removing the status of Jewishness from the people who call themselves Jews? So in that respect, I don't, I just, I don't know. It's just a weird one. And this whole thing about Jew, um, people being Jewish and stuff like that is a bit of a weird one that I don't know how to navigate comfortably. Um, and yeah, so I don't know about being played, because what do you mean by, sorry, Nana, what do you mean by the fact that you feel like this was all staged? It, to what end do you feel like it I was feel staged? Because what, so I'm going off of what I was feeling as I'm going through it is I'm getting more annoyed at this scenario being played out. And then I was like, that's why. That's the thing, is because it puts us back on a back foot. We're like, we can't make any steps forward. Look, as soon as you start talking about the truth, you lose your job. What does that yeah. do? That silences lots of yeah. people. And yeah. then he apologised. You, you see when you're like, you're going backwards, but, you're unravelling, and it's like, well, that just feels like a play because we were climbing, and then this happens, and it's on a yeah. big stage, and it just felt like... So certain scenarios now, I'm like, what's, how am I feeling about this? And it's like, oh, that could be the intention for this scenario taking place that I feel, I feel let down. I'm feeling dejected, but I have my own business. But if I was in a corporation now, am I going to speak up about something? Probably not. Mm. Nick, if Nick Cannon can do this, you know what, you know, you like the follow through. <laughs> I think I think I was asking who, but who do you feel is doing the playing? Because I definitely feel everything you're saying. Because that's how I was very confident he wasn't going to apologise. I really thought he wasn't, and I really thought he was going to be like, "This is." I thought he was in this um, lockdown epiphany. Like I've been hoping that the world returns to not returns or becomes or evolves into this new utopia where everyone's enlightened and behaves so righteously to each other. I thought this was part of the progression. So I understand the letdown feeling because, like, you apologised. So. What does that mean? So I get exactly. that. I just want to understand who you feel is doing. I feel. I feel like the industry does not want to change. Of course. So not. you set these scenarios up that actually stops the 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 evolution of people being empowered to want change. Yeah. But it's like there is no change. If he can apologize for truth, nothing that he said is not historically there. You can argue it, but that's a that's a debate. That's not really a reason to sack somebody. Yeah. Debate this with someone. And it just felt like, it, it, it felt like a setup. And I like Nick Cannon on the surface, but to me, it felt like either he's being played by Viacom or they're both in it together okay, to play this. Find, but yeah. it's like, as, a, as an organisation, to take this stance just felt like you are, again upholding your structure of white supremacy and he folded into that by apologizing to again reaffirm this structure and by us going along this journey without seeing it like we're being played with this play that is taking place prayers for nick da, da, da. it's like this is a play this is right. we're all being played in this because we all feel a bit dejected by what's taken place I don't care for Nick Cannon that much. Just a little bit, but not totally. I saw a clip of things, but I didn't watch the whole thing. And this might not be a popular opinion at all. But, like, I just think that, come on, what did you expect? If you're woke or enlightened and stuff, like, really? Did you really think you could say that without no fear of being fired? And it just kind of, I just thought, 
it's just I, I don't know I think he just caught caught up in his own source a bit you know yeah. to be honest and it's just like you're saying stuff yeah but you're presenting it like it's a universal truth and in our society what he's saying is not seen as a universal truth and that is fact do you know what I mean so it's just like you you can't present this information as that if it's not that and think there's going to be no repercussions for that happening but you've been in this game for a while now do you know what I mean like not to I don't even want to you know what let me just say it like you've been in this game for a while what are you building bruv like why are you still getting a paycheck any anyway to be in a position to get fired to only then apologize for it do you know what i mean like i know people don't like dame dash and i'm not really a big fan but when he came on breakfast club and he was like (laughs) i can't get fired i felt that do you know what i mean i felt that because actually at the end of the day if you want to have that true position of power yeah and you want to build something you need to own your own yeah that's what you need to do you cannot be sitting down in someone else's house talking about but you lots are, are, are mad <laughs> like are you lots are on the fangerals you think i'm gonna be like yeah cool yeah we're cool we're still cool i'm still gonna pay you no no my brother it's not, it doesn't work like that you wouldn't expect that yourself you wouldn't expect that. No one can come into my business and be talking shit about my people. Like, no, not at all. That's going to, uh, one way or another, you, you're going to have to go. Like, seriously. So I, I just don't, I just think it was very, very, if anything, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. It was very naive. It was a very naive for, a play for him to do. I think he should take Diddy up on his offer. Instead of mm. apologising. If what you stand for is what you stand for, then take Diddy up on his offer and do your thing then. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Why are you worrying about what other people think about you? Unless there's things going on behind the scenes that we're not aware of. Do you know what I mean? That's, that's, that's the other thing. Because what I, I admire about the Jewish community is that when anyone comes for them, it's a wrap. Yeah. It's a wrap. There are no questions out. They take it out simple. And I wish we had that energy. Yeah. I really do. I, I wish we had that energy. People got to own their own shit. They have to. Because if you don't own your own shit, then you can get sacked. And I think with Nick Cannon, he probably became a little bit too comfortable in his surroundings. Right. And felt that he could say, I'm here. I'm Nick Cannon. I can say, I did this. I've done America's Got Talent. I've done X, Y, Z. I was married to Mariah Carey. He got comfortable in his status and felt like he could just say whatever he wanted without any repercussions, and the repercussions came for him. So um, I don't know enough. Sorry, I was just going to say I don't know enough about. The, I didn't hear the. I haven't listened to the podcast, so I'm not too sure what it was that he. The whole statement. Um, I think you're right, Shade. I think um, I lost my train of thought now. I think that he definitely got caught up in his own source, and it actually revealed because again, I don't delve into these celebrities lives so much but on the poster nick cannon is a businessman he's that mm. guy that owns everything he's got he's everyone always touts him out as being the man that's got running shit own shit so this mm. actually revealed how low down on the rungs he is and how we've elevated this guy without understanding anything because again i don't really dig into celebrities but i definitely caught that mean that um, nick, so that's why i was surprised that he apologized i was like oh and then as people are t- pulling out the story he doesn't even own wild and out 
Exactly. I thought that was his brand, 100% no. sewn up. And so that type of stuff. Three? No, I <laughs> didn't. No, I didn't. Because like literally, really? like I said, I didn't go into his thing. I just bought the meme that he projected because I'm not, I didn't, I wasn't, I wasn't looking to him as an inspiration, but I just saw him and the meme that he owned while and out. That was his brand. He created it like mm -hmm. any of us creating our brands here. I thought that was him not knowing that. Oh, okay. Your whole world, the whole world and out. So that's why I've just kind of like dismissed it and just thought, okay, well then that's you gone, done, dusted. But I feel like maybe then it's not about being dejected and, and feeling let down it's being galvanized to do what Sade said. Because when I saw Diddy's thing, I was like, in my mind, I hope he's going to take that up. Mm -hmm. And then if he's not, then you are literally shuffling for Massa and you thought that you could sit there <laughs> and cuss Massa <laughs> and you're going to do that. Exactly. And like I said, because Whoa! the thing that what he said, and this is, this is testament to the system, the thing of what he said to me has been said, has been debated and hasn't, I don't, I, again, it, it it is a debate. It's not something that's not a suckable offense. But in this current climate, and if they are feeling kind of pressured, you will be rolled out as the poster boy. Yeah. But it, to me, I just think, I think in analyzing that, and the fact that Diddy was like, come to revolt, like Suge Knight. <laughs> 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 if you don't want NASA, come to revolt. That, because that's what I thought. I literally thought Nick was going to say, not even say, this is how I feel. Diddy makes the offer. Black Men United, we're on this yeah. path. Yeah. So yeah. This is yeah. interesting. So I think that as folks, if you're feeling some type of way, first of all, stop buying into celebrities. Really stop. But also, yeah. like me, I, took, I believe, the, I believe the, the, the poster. I thought that he owned Wild and Out at the very least. Um, and he doesn't. So own your stuff, own your brand, especially something that you've been associated with from day dot. I'm mm -hmm. actually talking I mean, about from day yeah. dot. Like, how dare you not? How did he not? How, how did he not tie those loose ends? How dare you not freaking <laughs> have this thing as your thing 100%? Yeah. Have a better stake in the thing where you could be sat from Wild and Out. Are you <laughs> mad? How long many years has it been doing Wild and Out, please? You know, but, you know but, what? But Sorry, to think. This is, I was going to say, he's like a sugar babe, isn't he? It's like... Yeah. <laughs> if you don't own it, someone else can come and host oh, your show. Just be replaced. Yeah. Just be replaced. Mad. Oh. But, is it, but, can you, but just seeing all of these loose ends to it, that mm -hmm. to me was like, this isn't real. Like, yeah. this is, this mm -hmm. is a play because didn't we all have this perception? It, it's... it's I swear Nick has been said to own every, like, you know, it's like, he's a mogul. Like, these are bounded about. So you'd think, okay, he gets sacked. He'd just be like, but I can just do this. I'm big enough. Like, I'm, he's on ABC. Like, you know, that mask thing is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. But that is actually his show. So you'd think he isn't going to apologise. The mask singer? Oh, oh, you mean? Yeah, that's enough. his. Yeah. So, is it? Yeah, that's his, that's his show. He brought he though that shows him. He bought the he bought the rights from that Korea. Is, yeah, that's his show. Oh wow, that's something. So it's like this doesn't quite add up to me. Like it's just not adding up. It's not adding up. And the apology again just made me think. Okay, so I I I can't see that he was wrong, but you know I could see how as a Jewish person, if that was being said, 
on the other side, if somebody was talking about black people like that, I, I would probably be offended, but I don't think there's anything wrong with people being offended. Like literally you are not perpetuating anybody losing their jobs or anything for this. To me, it was just stating a fact. The media does have a lot of Jewish people running it. The same way black hair product shops are run by Asian people. It's not a lie. It's a fact. We can see it. So if you're stating things that can be seen and people are like, no, that's anti-Semitic. I'm like, well, then can I not just go around and say absolutely everything is anti-blackness? Like just... Mm. But we should. But this is but the problem. It just seems power though, isn't it? It's power play but, because but, then I can't talk about you in any way, shape or form. And can, what does that do though? I cannot even say your what surname does that without do? you anti-Semitic. Like, but what does that do? Yeah, but also it makes them regain that control as well kind of thing. So therefore they, they stay on top at the end of the day. Actually, I don't know. I think we're getting closer to that point, to be honest. I think we, we are slowly getting closer to that point and I think that's the right way to go because people have been playing us for mugs for too long. Do you know what I mean? And it's just that enough is enough now. I do think we're getting there, but we still have to weed out the people that are fake. If that be yes. the case, then the message to take away from this is that we, as especially if we're talking about black folks specifically, let's pick our insp- ins- people who we're inspired by and who we're going to be holding up as posters of examples of business and, and or whatever, or progress, because it's, you've got to really turn them over, who, especially if they've been sanctioned by the establishment. Exactly. That, so that, 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 that's all I was and, putting out there. Let's just start using like, yeah. real critical thought in, in, in situations. And I think the easiest way to do it is follow the thread of how you feel. Mm. How how am I feeling through this? And then I think generally you start to see the play. Like, oh, that's what they're doing. That's the play. That's how they want us to feel. And they keep on throwing these scenarios in front of us that take us to these negative spaces. And unfortunately, it, it, there's a lot of black faces that take us there. And watching Nick Cannon and how this is played out, and I was, yeah, he's on that blacklist now. A bit of like a okay i see you because it, do, it doesn't make any sense to not just leave this and start your ventures elsewhere but you apologize and you did a whole sorry massa apology as well was there any comments i saw some. yeah um so ronald dobbin said that there are things that we take offense of at that other races don't quite understand we can't take offense at things that we don't quite understand why hang on sorry why can't jews take a thing offensive things that we don't understand and i get that because there's certain things that you know like within we've spoken about this before within your own community you might be able to use derogatory terms but someone else can't come into your community and say the same thing it would be offensive um Mm. there are things like that and i i get it but i don't fully understand i did as i said i haven't listened to the podcast i haven't watched it so I don't fully understand what he said. If he was saying that there were Jewish people in Africa, well, there were. It's factual. There were Jewish people in Africa. They left Egypt. This, you know, and Egypt was called Kemet, and Kemet is the land of the black people. So, as I said, I don't fully understand because I haven't listened to it. <laughs> That's pretty much what he said. That is. <laughs> that is that is what, what he said? He, but that, was, that was basically what he was saying. So, I'm, uh, other than that, then he spoke about Jewish people in the rap game and Professor Griff talking about the same thing and being blacklisted 30 years ago. 
that was the crux uh, of the conversation. So it's like, in a way, it kind of proved what they were talking about, that whenever you speak about Jewish people, shit goes left for you. So Ooh. then I was thinking, the fact that shit went left for him, and then he apologises, like, nah, you play, you, you're playing us. You think, you're you think we're going to be apologising next week? We may have to. Because <laughs> <laughs> we'll know what but, things that they do to get the apology. But what have we said? But we haven't said anything. <laughs> but what did Nick oh, say? <laughs> this is the thing that we're missing in our, in our stuff, is that mm. something that makes people feel like you can't, because... People are coming, even though you get, you know, the racism and nigger and all that type of stuff and you can get in trouble for saying it, but it's not really as powerful as mm-hmm. if you say something about a Jewish person. And I think, again, again, I think there's a reluctance and a fear of speaking about people in the LGBTQ um, community. Yes, and yes, I would say maybe, that's similar. And then, and this is not to say your cause is better than mine. It's not even about that, but it's just in- interesting to understand how people would probably find a way around, a way to be racist before. I think we spoke about it way back in a few episodes ago when we were talking about that girl that used um, racist slurs or whatever, the young girl, and how um, whatever platform she was on with it was, it was um, TikTok or one of the TikTok, other yeah. That took a long time to react to it. But yeah, I'm sure, and also we were saying that don't blame the child from what she hears at home and stuff like that, but I'm sure that child is already schooled not to talk about Jews and not to talk about L- the LGBTQIA community. But black people, there's a, a free-for-all. So it's just an interesting, it's just an interesting hierarchy and what it is. And I just think because it's the same thing as when you go down the street and you might see, I don't know. Anyway, I just think it's um, interesting. Did you self-sense? No, I think... No, I think... No, I think it's interesting what you're saying. I think think it is very interesting what you're saying. And I think that it would be nice to have open conversations about it. But it's because we're not not encouraged to, to be honest. Mm. Like, nowhere in society are we encouraged to have those open conversations. And then also, I just think that, unfortunately for us, where black people... Like where we've got kind of um, where we're dominant is in things like music, where yeah. we where we talk about issues and talk about each other and all that kind of stuff. And like, so I feel that it's very easy for people to access that dialogue. Do you know what I mean? Kind of thing. So for them to have those conversations or come at us. Do you know what I mean? Because they've got all the ammunition because it's right there. Mm. And I think that that whole process is constructive. Right. Whereas I think those other communities are not as necessarily as open to us to have those those conversations. Uh, it, you just sparked a thought in me that I remember watching um, Kanye West. Actually, I think it was a 2012 or maybe 2013 interview, and he's talking about societal structure and the spaces that are afforded to black people to become millionaires. And he was like, mm-hmm. it's always in communication levels. And that's for a reason, because that's not a decision-making level. So mm-hmm. it will be music, it will be in athletics. It's like, it's all communication. Mm-hmm. But then the decision-making level, you'll only allow one there. And he's like, that's by design. And as mm-hmm. he was saying it, again, this was when Kanye was powerful and it's probably, you know, at that time, what would I have been? Like, maybe 32, I probably wasn't really listening to him. But it struck me like, this is so true. We're allowed to be on the talk piece. When you start to go into ownership, shit goes wrong for you very quickly. 
and then you get cut down. He's like, he broke it down to the amount of billionaires there was. He was like, there's a thousand something. But then there's only 15 of that a thousand and something that are black. But of that a thousand and something, it was in the hundreds that had made their billions off of a black industry. And it's like, look at that. It's all by design. This, this oppression hierarchy system is by design that black people are at the bottom of this oppression Olympics. And we never seem to run past anybody because it's policed to not pass it. So you can't actually even talk about how you're being oppressed by anybody else other than the boogie white man. They're the only ones that we can talk about. And nobody says anything. You mention anything about anybody else and there are ramifications to your progression because they need this oppression Olympics to carry on manifesting itself. But really, it's not even about fighting with anybody. It's for everybody to see that we're all in this being oppressed together. Just because you're a rung up, you're still not at the top because mm-hmm. they're not allowing anybody to get to the top. And you're, where your place is, is being maintained by us keeping that structure up, but you're keeping that structure up. So none of us are able to elevate there because we're all just props, propping up one set of people to be running. They're, they're, they're actually less than 1% running everybody. And it's like, once we all wake up to this, that's when shit's going to change. And that's when we're going to have to apologise. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, it's mad. Hey, I'm Auntie Nana. You're listening to Your Aunties Could Never. Now it's time for aunties to fix your life with Aunties Know Best. Hello, aunties. I've always been attracted to women. My whole life, I've known that I'm gay. But recently, I've been finding myself really attracted to my male flatmate. He's more than just my flatmate, really. He's my best friend. We've known each other for over 20 years and we've always been really close. We've been around for each other's highs and lows, breakups and makeups. I don't know if I'm just feeling lonely. I have recently just gone through a really bad breakup. My ex-partner was quite possessive and very abusive and my friend was there for it all. In fact, he took me in when I finally had the courage to leave my ex. That's how we've ended up flat sharing. Over the last few weeks, I've been waiting for my feelings for him to change, but they're not. Should I tell him and risk my friendship or should I just wait out these feelings? It's not as though I'm into other men. I just like him. Cece. Does it say if the flatmate is gay as well? No, it doesn't. It sounds like he's straight because she said that it just seems like there's a chance for her to go for him. I think it might just be proximity. If she says that she's gay and not bi, it could just be like someone being nice to you as well that kind of thing especially after like a difficult time it could be confusing the situation do you know what i mean so i think she should wait and see whether it grows stronger before making a move because if this is someone that you've known for 20 years it's probably that quite a solid relationship you've gone to them in your time of need they might not be even considering that as a possibility so you know it's better to err on the side of caution because ultimately the friendship is worth more than a kind of a, a, a temporary relationship just chill yeah unless she's feeling like she's bi she's not she's explicitly calling herself gay so that means she's she's known who she is and what she is and i think it's true it might be proximity but how long do you wait for feelings to go away i mean it's a bit hard to gauge if you're living with a person it's not realistic to say you'll wait for the feelings to go away. Maybe if he's that close of a friend, you could talk to him and just say, look, there's nothing wrong with it trying something out. 
but it's just whether or not you have your faculties about you to be able to withstand whatever the fallout of that is. Because anyway, even if you were hetero and you know, you're having feelings for your best friend, that's a common scenario, you know, and you don't know you should be risking your friendship for a moment of vulnerability and stuff like that. So I think either way you could be risking a good friendship, but also maybe a conversation, maybe he'd be like, yeah, gosh, I thought I like you too, but you're gay. I didn't even know. So it could be a journey you guys take together potentially, but just really be prepared for it not going right. I think you do need to wait until you're not reliant as well. Like be independent of him before you make any sort of move or have any sort of conversation, I think. Because otherwise you're not making a, a real true decision and you could just mess up your whole situation and then you'll be even more isolated. Yeah, I agree. If you've known him for 20 odd years, there's no point jeopardising your relationship. It might just be a case of you've gone through something really traumatic by the sounds of it with your ex um, and he's taken you in like a white knight in shining armour and you know been there for you been the shoulder that you needed to cry on but if you're you you know you're saying that you're not attracted to men just him and it's only recently that you've been attracted to him i think it could really jeopardize your friendship i mean because let's say she she has the conversation and they do something for all we know he could have been harboring feelings for her for ages and they do something and then she's just like you know what this is not for me yeah. It could really, it could really, really hurt their friendship. So we don't know how long we're going to have these feelings for. So wait until you're independent when you've got your own place. And maybe if you want to talk to him about it, then in a situation where it's not so pressured, you could perhaps talk about it. But I do feel like it's probably just the fact that you've gone through a situation and he's there for you at the moment. Um, I don't know. Do you know what? I actually, if it, if it's twenty years friendship and you're close and. I think she, only she knows what type of person it is. And I know you can never predict, you can never foresee how anyone's going to react to anything or the fallout of anything. But I, I just, I think there's an element of like, if you're feeling what you're feeling in the moment, it could be affecting her behavior in the house, could be affecting her behavior towards a friend anyway. So it could be jeopardizing the relationship inadvertently because she's feeling this way. And maybe, I don't know, we don't know if she's holding back. Her normal behavior pattern might be, hindering their progress because she's like she might be like I can't even be around him because I'm just feeling all this kind of pent-up feeling so it's it's it might not be in theory maybe not realistically to wait till she can be independent of him if that wasn't the plan I don't know if she's planning to move out in mm. a week that's where it's like okay I'm moving out in a couple of weeks and I can have my headspace but if they're like in a long-term lease or whatever the case is where it wasn't even planned that she's going anywhere she could wait out the feelings but it could be that maybe a month, a week, she's like, oh, do you know what? I'm all right now. But the fact that she's been gay and now she's feeling for this guy, I don't know if that's something to be as easily just waited out. But I, I'm not, I don't think what you guys are saying is wrong. But I also think that there's something that if she knows the level of their friendship and if she can trust that 20 years in that they're that good friends, then maybe their friendship can handle this as a conversation I don't, I think she should take time definitely with thinking about actions. That's a whole, whole nother space and yeah. changing, questioning your sexuality and challenging your sexuality, something that you've believed in all your life up until this point. I think that's a dangerous space. And if he has had feelings and all that type of stuff, that could get messy. But I think if 20 years, cause I know a friend who liked her best friend and she ended up telling him and they're still, they, 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 they weathered the storm. They didn't live together. Sure. But they were such best friends that they, she could say, look, I'm, I'm actually in love with you. He was like, I don't feel the same. And they worked it out and it, it didn't cause too much of a glitch, maybe a bit of awkwardness in the beginning, but it didn't 
caused too much of a hassle. And she had that confidence in that he was a decent person, that she could say this to him because she needs to get it off her chest. And actually, maybe in hindsight, I don't know where, how she feels now, maybe in hindsight, she didn't even like him. It's just that closeness and proximity and all that type of stuff. She's like, oh my God, I love my best friend. Afterwards, they resolved it quite neatly. So not everything goes left when these things are revealed. So just, there's an alternative consideration in that as well. I, I feel like it's not fair to just bring this on to him. I do think she definitely should wait until she's got her own space, she's moved out. Mm. And also in this time when they're still together, it's actually like, be more present and watch how he is responding to her if she can actually spot the signs of he could be feeling similar because i'm just thinking about it and i'm like i would not want to be the receiver of this news if i don't feel the same way it's like why yeah i don't know it's just giving me the heebie-jeebies even thinking about it if you are not sure that this person likes you as well with such a long friendship and so he wouldn't even have been looking at you in that way anyway because he's seen you as a friend. And I think it's fair to then come with, oh, I'm feeling this for you. Like, actually, see if there's a spark. And even if you really are compelled to share this information, definitely don't do it while you're still living in under his roof because that's also, if he doesn't feel the same, he has to manoeuvre around a bombshell yeah it's just not fair I just think just be a bit more emotionally intelligent to how the other person is going to feel how they're going to take this on and give it time it's like just let it let it marinate but it become very clear in your intentions for this and be clear that it really is a, a sound attraction to him and not just a love that you don't recognize at this moment so you think it must be sexual like it could just be a blossoming love that you were getting as your heart is repairing from the love you've left a relationship you're grieving everything that you went through so you don't need to jump into something else with another person let all of those emotions actually be worked through and then get your own place and if you still are like, you know what, this is really strong and I have a deep feelings for him, then have the conversation. Especially because she is gay. And yes, you can change your feelings for genders. If you, you, you can be fluid. But I just feel like it's not just like, oh, I like my friend and I'm going to have a conversation with him after 20 years. I'm just going to get, let it out. There's the added thing of she hasn't been in a relationship with a man by the sounds of it. So it could just be a sense of she's going through something because she had a traumatic experience in her last relationship. Like I know some girls that have had traumatic experiences with men and then they've gone, yeah. they've started dating women. So it could be the reverse of that. I definitely don't think it's like after this show, go back and say, I love you. I don't think it's that. I think you have to, like I said, understand the person that you're talking to if this is because there's people that you know that it's not going to they're not going to react well and then there's someone that will actually take it and will also be emotionally intelligent to receive this and be honest with whatever they're feeling and you can actually talk about it i just think there's an element of there there are people like that not everyone's reactionary and it's not always like a big drama bombshell it could also be a nice conversation and that person could help them through it it's just mm. another strand of consciousness that it could be that way it doesn't always have to be like I someone told me that they like me and I don't like them so it's fucked up our relationship and now you've got to move back it doesn't have to be that dramatic that their her friend could be emotionally intelligent themselves and could receive that information when she's ready to give it because again this is not saying 
go and dump this on this person selfishly and just it, it doesn't have to I, I didn't even see it in that kind of aggressive motion it was more like if it's really weighing on you and you someone that you can trust with this information because you have to have an element of like this person can actually handle it and it might not even be like it might be something like that. This is how I'm feeling. And these are mad emotions. I just don't know, but I'm just letting you know, cause I'm, if I'm acting mad, I'm just trying to work it out. And the person will be like, okay, cool. I'm here to support you. And maybe it might be not even be a call to action. He doesn't even have to say how he feels cause she might actually even know. She hasn't even said that there's a spark or anything. That was just an extra added thing that maybe it could be like, she knows full and well, this guy does not like her, but that's how she's feeling. She doesn't know what to do. So I just, I just don't think it always is that has to be that negative. It could just be, some people can take that conversation and it doesn't have to go left. But I, I definitely don't think what you guys are saying is wrong either. It's also be really be conscious of what you're doing and who you're talking to. I just think that um, a lot of people tend to just really act on their emotions <coughs> without taking real, real time. And that's like across the board, real time to kind of like really assess the situation and the impact of the situation. I think it probably if there's no kind of like, way that she can move out or whatever kind of thing that maybe she needs to go and talk to a therapist or something to work through this because she's been through something traumatic mm. um dealing with sexuality is a big big issue and she specifically said she likes this guy not other guys do you know what i mean so it kind of like points to you're just liking this situation rather than do you know what i mean like th what's happening now because you're going through something and you're you're just new to this or then maybe there's a curiosity there but that curiosity might not be worth the risk of the relationship 20 years of relationship to kind of bring up romantic feelings because you're you're dealing with something is not it's not worth it if you can't hold this talk to a professional first and have that conversation to explore that and making sure you're bringing that conversation for the right reasons um dear aunties Love the show. I've been single for six years and I've had enough. It seems that all my friends are getting engaged. Even somebody got engaged in quarantine. Like how? And I'm just being left behind. I'm happy for them. But how do I get my own person? I've tried everything from online dating to blind dates to trying to meet people obviously before quarantine but nothing works i've even resorted to talking to my elders to see if they can help me what do i do what do you suggest from a financially stable girl next door that's a lot you singletons <laughs> come with your suggestions my suggestion is this honey when you find the answer you write into your aunties and you tell me <laughs> because boy i don't know i'm out here single get me i have no idea you're doing better than me. You're going on dating apps and stuff like that. So I don't know what to tell you. I do believe that things happen when they're supposed to happen. And, you know, you seem like you're open to it. So you're not closed off. So just keep that positivity and you'll meet somebody when you're supposed to meet somebody. That's it. I can't really say much because, as I said, I'm single. I've got no advice other than that. I'm going to put my hand up and say I've got no advice either. I keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 it's a very mad feeling. Definitely been there before. When it's, I've definitely been there before when it feels like everyone and their auntie and uncle and mother is getting, in, getting with someone and you're just sitting there like, oh, when's my time going to happen? It's, you know, you're not alone. Um, well, she is. <laughs> you have to be distracted, focused. I don't know where you work, what your goals are and things like that. 
get focused on something that will not take your mind off it like it's not important because I think you need to have a certain amount of energy in finding someone if you're really that's what people have said to me like you've got to really be on it if you're going to be on it like put yourself out there go on dates be on dating apps put all that energy into the universe about into finding someone like that's your mission of the day rather than answering an email or watching a show you've got to be dedicated you have your mood board up all that type of stuff maybe that's why i'm single because i ain't got time for that. <laughs> that um, seems like a lot <laughs> that's what i'm saying but that's what people say like if you make it a business treat it like it's your business oh, like this is, this is my mission to find a man or find a partner so there's there's that but if not and you're finding it frustrating sometimes those frustrations can turn into negative energy as well so maybe you need a distraction focus on some lifelong goal that you've always wanted and sometimes usually the partner pops up when you least expect it that's definitely true so and just make sure you yourself have done as much work on yourself to know what you want and mm. be ready for that person and already spot the ones that aren't ready that are trying to come for you because they reckon they can have a piece no 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 so yeah <laughs> go on then in it, man. I don't, I don't have this married. You need to give the advice. You need to share. I've been out of the game for a very long time. I do not have any tricks. All I can say is for the people that I know that um, were single for a while and found somebody, literally what Auntie AK listed was what they did. They went all out. It was full on help this year I'm going to find a husband and one person did it in a year the other person it did take more like two years but both of them now have partners and children and it was like that single focus so I don't I I don't know that's all I can say there are I don't really know too many people who are like if a partner comes that has happened to yet that kind of i'm just yeah i'm not on an app i'm not actively going out to find somebody they are still single whereas the ones that were like it's gonna happen they are married or with a partner that's all i'm saying i don't know i was very young so i'm out of the game (laughs) someone's asked are they happy though yeah, yeah, they yeah. are. They are. It's all. It's all new. This is the thing. I'm just saying. This is like in the last three years. Mm-hmm. You know, going into the thirty space, getting close to the mid thirties, it was more like I want to settle down, and they went for it, and it happened. But it literally was dating apps, dating, setting the attention uh, down to what they're gonna look like. We would have lots of conversations. I want them to look like this, that, and the other. That doesn't come into it though it's like I don't think any of them look like their ideal partner but everything else they pretty much found they got that they got what they had put out there that they wanted and the person did come along quite quickly compared to the others that are not on dating apps or not actively being more social to find a partner Mm. possibly but then there is the other side of that coin where you're like you're so focused on finding somebody that you just pick whoever the hell comes to absolutely and then that person is all types of wrong for you because i know a few people that have done that they have been dedicated to by the time i'm 30 or whatever it is i'm gonna be with somebody and i'm gonna have a baby and xyz and they've just picked the first person that's come their way that ticks a few of the boxes and then the next thing you know that shit is hitting the van i suppose that would be then when you're not completely ready then or you haven't prepared yourself to 
because you have you set your goal deadline without actually thinking about what you really want maybe that's a problem yeah I think um, you were right with what you said before about um working on yourself first yeah because mm. then you can it should be easier to spot the dots 100 percent. okay dear aunties mm-hmm. well it wasn't dear aunties this is what someone said to me so this young lady she's had a baby um she's 21 years old so she's been she's a young mum just had a baby and she has another friend of hers who she went to school with you know they're social peers they kind of catch up when they can and this girl's also had a baby also similar age same age they were in the same year and she's noticed that what this girl that came to me with this um conversation she was like she works she's very go-getter she's like my baby's not going to want for nothing she's got her head screwed on um the situation with you know very typical bad situation with the child's dad so she's taken on this role that my child's not going to want for nothing she's quite bougie she likes to find her things in life so she works hard to get what she wants but then her friend is total opposite she works but very lackadaisically and she doesn't really have any ambition she smokes a lot of weed she does have a partner in her life but they're in this girl's words they're layabouts kind of thing so that kind of stereotypical smoke weed don't do much work when they can but not really got that ambition or gumption as she has now she was saying that the past couple of times because they've both got babies the girl's been saying look let's hang out let's catch up but she's been feeling some type of way because she's like a few times that this girl has contacted and asked her for money and then all oh, she's made comments about her child's like oh your child's wearing designers oh how did you afford that and all that type of stuff so she's kind of like well i work for it and she's feeling kind of put upon because she doesn't want to one be for this friend to keep thinking that they can ask her for money because she feels bad because she has to say no. She feels like she shouldn't say no because she's judging her for being a bit of a layabout. So she's kind of like, I don't know what to do because I don't want to be horrible. I do like her, but I just don't want to be around her because I don't think she's my type of person. And I don't kind of like the way she is. You know, I don't like being questioned about what I do for my child. I feel like I'm being judged and there's a bit of jealousy and something there. So she's a bit confused. She's young. So she doesn't know how to handle the situation. What do you lot think? She doesn't need to be around anybody that she doesn't want to be around. And she most certainly doesn't have to give money or justify reasons for not giving money to anybody that she doesn't want to. This girl, the other girl, two things. You're in a relationship with somebody else, right? So you've got that support. This girl, the other girl is a single parent. She's working her ass off to try and support her kid as well. Also, the girl who has a partner, you can buy weed. If you, you can buy weed... You can buy whatever it is that you need to get for your kid, assuming that you're asking for money for your kid. But there's a lot of people out there that take other people for granted in the sense of you look like you're doing all right. I'm going to try my luck with you and see what I can get out of you. And it sounds very much like the situation here. She doesn't need to feel bad if they, you know, not everyone is everybody's cup of tea. If you don't get on with her, you don't have to associate yourself with her. You just don't. You can slowly, slowly just say to her, I'm busy, I can't do this, I can't do that. And she'll get the point eventually. And if she doesn't, maybe just say to her, do you know what, I don't have the time to have this sort of friendship at the moment. I'm focused on my child and I'm focused on my work and I'm trying to balance that and I'm finding it difficult and I don't really have the time for anything else and leave it at that. Um, Well, they're judging each other. That's a two-way judgment going there because she's also judging her friend. We doesn't doesn't always have to be expensive, by the way. But um, yeah, but ten pound <laughs> is ten pound. 
But um, as much as you want to have this stance, like, do you check yourself as well in the process? But if you don't, if you generally don't care for this person, you don't have to talk to them. Like, of course not. I don't even understand that. Do you know what I mean? That person. <laughs> Cut them off, man. <laughs> but yeah, I just think like, if you feel, you know, if you're like that dis- disposition, just wean yourself off them. Do you know what I mean? Just be busy all the time. All that kind of stuff, they should eventually get the hint. Personally, personally, I don't think kids should wear designer. Personally, I think that money can go for education in the future, all those kind of things. That's me personally. But, you know, do you, do you, do you, obviously, in your world at the moment, it might feel like it's it's deep. But honestly, in the grand scheme of things, <laughs> it's not that deep. Yeah. It really isn't. It isn't that deep at all. I was reading somebody just saying, don't, um, it was Ronald, he said, don't let her make you feel guilty for being successful. Yeah, there's that. But I think generally, like, I, I would just echo everything that um, Auntie Sade said. It's not that deep. And this person isn't a friend. Do what I do every year. Just change your number. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they do live in close proximity, so it's one of them ones you could bump, in, bump into each other easily. But and plus, she's young, so these things are very much magnified. Mm. But also, she made she did take because I'm like that. I was very much like you know already. I don't really agree with the, the whole packing out your kids and designers. It's nonsense to me. However, she said, look, I look for bargains. I don't just buy them off like first price, whatever. I look for the sales. I look for the bargains. And you know, she's in quotes a bougie chick so that's what she believes in in thinking a child looks good like that way so you know i can judge on that i don't agree just, but that's what it is they're just going in two different directions it's yeah. like mm. that's that's what happens mm-hmm. like everybody that you spend time with carries through for the journey of your life mm. especially with young children i feel like those big pivotal moments it separates people very quickly you're either on the same wavelength or they're not and it may just be for a time. You may get back together again in 10 years' time when they're a little bit older. But mm. there is like a slight competition that takes place, especially around that kind of baby age, like how things are going. And she may not be the person for you, both of you. But like actually, on both sides, like you are also judging her lifestyle. Yeah. You're yeah. judging your lifestyle. So there's not a match there because there's no trust or you would be getting on fine. So it's just like, just cut your losses man find, find, find your tribe you don't need to hang around there yeah simple okay that was auntie's no best if you have a dilemma please send them to dilemmas dot your aunties could never at gmail.com hey i'm auntie farah and you're listening to your aunties could never and now we're about to take you guys back with black in the day oh first. <laughs> have we done heartbreak before Oh, okay. oh God! No, no. Let's do that. We haven't. Oh, that's fun. You're very bad. Oh, Heartbreak, devastation, crying. It's been many. Do you know what? I actually don't know because you mean like a crush that wasn't returned, or do you mean like going out with you? Do you mean like full-on relationship that ended? Yeah. No, I think I think it could be up to you what definition. Yeah. But your first heartbreak. Okay, I, I've got one, I've got one. Go on, Nana, because I really can't think. All right, um, so this dude's name was Richard, and he really looked like Nicholas and Elka, and he lived in Shepherd's Bush. Ooh. And um, Richard from Shepherd's Bush? We met in a, in a garage rave, and we went on, our, on a date, and it's like he had a really weird personality. 
So I wasn't sure after the date. And I remember like it, he was walking me home and I was thinking, I'm not going to see this dude again. He, like, he's really good looking, but he is weird as hell. Like, he's just strange. For some reason, I don't know, I took his call again. And then I seemed to like get his weirdness. Like it became less weird the more that we spoke. So anyway, so now we're in a relationship. And one time, for some reason, we decided to put our voicemails on each other's phones. So he was like, hello, you know, you're free to Nana's phone, <laughs> da, da, da. You, she's not available. And then I did the same one on his phone. Then he gets a call and it goes, for, it goes through to voicemail. And then I hear him picking up the voicemail and this girl going, who's that girl on your phone? Like proper cockney in my ears, like going off at him. So I'm there like, who's that? And he's like, oh, it's my ex-girlfriend. I think he fell asleep. So I went through his phone and the name that was there was a surname. I won't say her surname because she could be listening. Mm. Um, so again, it's like we're going to each other's houses. I go to... I go to his grand's and then his gran is like, oh, cup of tea, one sugar. But I haven't been to his grand's before. Like she was saying it like, this is your standard tea. Ooh. I'm like, no, I take, at that time I took three sugars. <laughs> so then I'm looking at him again and I was like, so that's your ex-girlfriend's cup of tea. And he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then we go to his mum's, mum and dad's at one stage and his cousin's over from Canada. And then his cousin's like asking me questions like we had been together like 10 years, like literally like, oh, you guys were teenagers. I was like, no, we've only been together like three months. And then she was like, are you not Nicola? Oh, no. Like, oh, no, my name's oh, no. Nana. So then I'm looking and then his mum pipes in, no, no, he broke up with Nicola ages ago. Yeah, it was really sad. Like, so again, spidey <laughs> senses are going like... <laughs> Is definitely like on one. <laughs> I can't even go through how we split up. It's too embarrassing. But anyway, we split up and I went to Tenerife and had a really good time. But yeah, he was my first heartbreak. Is that when you went to Tenerife and you got really drunk? Yes, that was that Tenerife, <laughs> that was that Tenerife trip. Yes, getting over Richard's I love it. heartbreak. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, because yeah, you guys went to Hammersmith. Yeah, you went to Hammersmith. I think I know. Okay, I think there's two riches that I think it could be. Was they he both look like Nicholas Alelka? Well, um, who's no. the, I don't know who that is. I think we played for Arsenal. Yeah, but that, hmm. tall, uh, okay. light skin, shaved How light? head. No, I don't know. I what, think I know who. Forest colour. What year? I think he may have been a year older than me. So. Oh no, then maybe that's not the one then. Younger than you guys. Yeah, younger than you guys, definitely. Get out of the house. <laughs> <laughs> go next, Farah. Me? I'm last blood. It's my thing. You go there. I can't remember the first one, but the one I can remember that I'm happy to share is um, <laughs> this guy that I was seeing. Oh, God. I don't even know how long I was seeing, but it was on and off again relationship. I really just done what I was taught in the house, so... I really just wanted to be the perfect girlfriend and, you know, with cook and clean, all that kind of stuff. I would do everything and probably, and then some, right? And basically this guy I was dating, I was dating when I was in college and he basically 
would never validate the relationship at all. Like he just would act like we weren't together. We weren't seeing each other, but he'll be around my, around my place because I was out of the house by then. He'll be around my place, like, most nights. And um, even we went to the same college, and he used to, like, when we was walking from the college, he used to walk in front of me so that people wouldn't think that we was together. And I would really... <laughs> it's like a lifetime ago. I would really tolerate this, you know? Mm. <laughs> I really think that this is normal behaviour. Or, like, you know, he'll come round. And... Um, it was definitely over a year, maybe two years. And like, he would just, I don't know. He just wouldn't commit. He just wouldn't commit. And then one time he went to Spain without telling me. It was like he disappeared. And you know, obviously back then, like phones and there's mm. no social, all that kind of stuff. Like I literally thought I was dying. <laughs> oh. I thought I was dying. I was in bed, like, I was proper, like, my body was physically, like, in pain. Like, I was in pain, like, because well, I just couldn't get through to him. And I just thought, like, you know, something may have happened or, you know, do you know what I mean? Like, I was really, really, really hurt. And it turns out he went away. I don't know if he went by himself, but it turns out he was still interested in his ex, but she didn't want to be with him. So I was like this rebound girl that he just kept on, like, kept me around. And I, I can't, I was, I was crushed. I was crushed. No. I was actually crushed. Because I, I used to, I used to cook, like, I literally, I can't lie, yeah. I think maybe two boyfriends later, after that, I'm not doing anything. I was just like, <laughs> no. They, they use all that, you know, like in video games where you get lives, yeah? yeah. They yeah. use all those lives. They use yeah. all those lives. Yeah. Seriously. It's like, seriously, you're not going to get that again. No one's getting that again. But, um, but yeah, like, I was, I was crying. Like, I'd done everything for this guy. I used to even meet, I remember he used to work in the cinema. I used to meet him at the cinema, walk home with him. Do you know what I mean? Like, He'll get there, food's cooked. It's cooked, you know. <laughs> you don't have to wait for nothing. Perfect. I was trying to be perfect. And yeah. How old were you? Uh, I was, I must have been from about 17, Aww. 17, 18. Tiny. That's a tough age. Is he on social media? He's talking. Yeah, he, know, he knows me. He knows me. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. What's Beyonce's line? Best thing you fucking never had, mate. Yeah, yeah no, definitely. And like, how's he, his life now? Yeah. He knows. Oh, boy. Has he been in prison, <laughs> bit, I think? It's a bit tight. No, I don't <laughs> know about prison. Has he been in prison? <laughs> no, like, that's so I just <laughs> want him to have been in prison and <laughs> farmed and everything. Oh, shit. <laughs> Has he been to prison? <laughs> <laughs> no, I know, I know it's been a bit tight for him, but I remember one year, though, he randomly came to my place, like, out of the blue and was, like, on New Year's, and he was like, oh, I love you yep. and stuff. And I was just like, well, I don't love you. And it was like, <laughs> that was like the boy bye. <laughs> like, do, do you know what I mean? Like, I was just like, I felt like, okay, cool. Like, I've that's definitely good, moved good. on. Do you know what I mean? But, yeah, it was... Yeah. It was that was hard man that was hard it was hard it was hard um i'm gonna give two ends of the spectrum when i um found out i was pregnant there was a guy that was really close to now okay this makes it sound so mad but there's a guy that i was really close to because 
I just was really close to him. And we had a vibe. And I just remember that one day we had a really wonderful walk to the train station after work, after, my, after I finished work. And we had one of those moments and it was just like, I don't even, it was like one of those movies. It was a movie, it would have been like, and that was the moment they fell in love. So we had that moment. So I was kind of like, oh, what could have happened? But I was seeing the guy that got me pregnant. So it was like one of those early kind of, oh, this is a potential possibly. And then one day, again, he like, used to take, follow me to the train station. And I just remember having to tell him that, yeah, so I'm pregnant. And it was a moment of, we didn't talk about it, we didn't do anything, but it was just a moment of, that was one of the most crushing moments because we had, we were just on the burgeoning or something, I think. But it's just because, who knew? I wasn't sure, very unsure of myself in those days. So maybe if I had had more confidence, I don't know, because life is life. So yeah, that was a crushing moment. But what I want to talk about out of bitterness and vengeance is my most recent heartbreak. There's a motherfucker that pretended... Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> oh wow. You're doing present day stuff. Ah, yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Speak, auntie, speak. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. This motherfucker, yeah, pretended that he was single for all of our eight months and he was still living with his children's mother very much together, very much. And that was a heartbreak because... I was actually affording him some space because I thought he still lived at his mum's. And I w- we kind of had an agreement where like, we'll do parents when we really were sure about it. And we were with each other a lot, a heck of a lot, to the point where, I'm not gonna lie, I thought something was up, but I thought actually, I actually thought he had money problems. I was trying to work out if he had money problems because of certain things that I wasn't, I was like, this doesn't kind of add up. But for some reason, my mind was not on the fact that he had another person because just of how he treated me. and I. It's annoying to say that it's one of the best relationships I've ever had. And yeah, when I found out because he's a dumbass, he must have, we had messages and we declared our love for each other on these messages and his woman found them. And he stupidly, I'm not stupidly, it was for my benefit, but he's a dumbass. He called me and said, look, I've got something to tell you. And I was like, okay, what's wrong? And he said, oh, um, I've been living with my children's mother. I'm not living at my mum's and I was just like what the actual fuck because we used to go out on dates and he would get off at the stop because we lived in the we live in a so his mum lives in a similar area to me we'd get sorry off, we'd get off at the same stop <laughs> so he would probably wait for me to go about my business and then make his way back because he lived in an area away from where he said he lived and I you know when things start to fall into place so in that moment um so does his then, mum really live near you though? Yeah, she does. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. That, Imagine the the yeah. the, the, the deception. Oh, the mate. deception, because it was it's levels of deception that he said that, you know, this number might call you because this is what's happened. So I was like, who? <gasps> he gave me the number. So I called it straight away. And um we spoke and actually the woman and I were really like we had a good heart to heart and the little redeeming factor was that they had been split up in their space. They, they'd gone their separate ways and lived with two people living separately in the same house. However, that doesn't excuse his behavior. But no, I didn't ask to be no one's mistress at all. So we had a bit more of an entanglement because he then left. <laughs> left, <laughs> left, left we leave perfect. that word alone? <laughs> no, no, no. no, the, no. Thing is, the thing is, you can't leave that word alone. And if you think about it, We've been saying that word. We just haven't been owning that word. That's the thing. Carry on, and, my and to be fair, it was it was an entanglement. I can't even just it wasn't. That is it is an entanglement. It was an entanglement oh, because the problem is 
we had this great relationship and it was a great relationship based on lies, but it was a great moment. We came together in a way that I'd never, I haven't had that before with many guys. Um, and so in that moment where he moved for his mum, because it all went pear-shaped, so we were still, I was trying to disentangle from the emotions that I felt. So we had about a month of disentangling where we were still entangled, but I was trying to like work out what it was. <laughs> and he was de declaring that he loved me and that he didn't want, he was going to leave her. But then we had that conversation oh, one day. So what are you laughed about? So, so he wasn't with the girl. He was with her. No. They or had they were. They, he, put it this way. He had no business seeing me. He had okay. no business. So they were living together, sharing a space, but not doing anything, not, not doing it. So all that stuff. So, but they're friends. not like officially broken up. No. But they are like they had in, problems. in bad times. Yeah. Yeah. They've been okay. together for like 15, 20 years or whatever. So they had that moment that happens in long-term relationships where they were going their separate ways. What he needed to do was sort his shit out and not go outside the relationship. That's what he should have done. Yeah, so we finally just, he had that conversation like, you know, I was speaking to her. And the kids were really upset. And I just said, you know what? It's over. It's done. And then, but that was one of my biggest heartbreaks. And that was recent. And that was the motherfucker who pretended that he was single and wasn't. Um, and that was it. So just wanted to put that out there. Motherfuckers out there. Lying, cheating motherfuckers. Yes. Yeah. Auntie Farah met him. Lots of friends. I did. This is the thing. We met him. He was integrated. He was, you know apparently a decent guy but he wasn't who knew he was a lying ca cheating conniving toe rag yeah I, I did i didn't meet him no i was also quite heartbroken because i had high hopes for him he's yeah. yeah i me too scumbag <laughs> a lot Absolute of people do <laughs> scummiest of the scumbags but the thing <sighs> is what, what um i learned from that again is just to ask more questions but i literally just didn't think it was that. I would have asked that if I suspected yeah. that. I just didn't yeah. suspect that. I thought there was something, I definitely thought something was wrong with him. I thought something's not right, but we're going to take this time to work it out and then we'll get to that point because everything else was like, cool. You literally got asked all the questions. All, all of them, innit? We're talking about present day stuff. I was in something not too long ago, but it wasn't meant to be anything deep. It wasn't, that was not my intention at all, yeah? Man's still lying. <laughs> Why? Why? Why lie? Why? I am a true believer. I would direct my anger at the right person. Yeah. Like, fuck yeah. turning the other cheek. Mate, you're going to feel yeah. them. Seriously, how about you <laughs> get it for a little while? Do you know what I mean? So this is yeah. just a casual anyway. So you don't yeah. even have to really state nothing to lie exactly. about. Exactly. Just say what it is, isn't oh, it? I can make a decision, isn't it? Do you know yeah, what I mean? Lots of people want to be in it. Liars. Freaking... But this is the thing I don't understand. When women say to guys all the time, just fucking tell me the truth, they seem to think that we can't handle the truth. Yeah. I would much rather you tell me the truth than you chat bullshit and I find out about it and then I've got to lose my shit. Or, you know, then, you that, then you're going to get a doubly. Basically. Yeah, you're going to feel the wrath. Do you know what I mean? And no one wants you're to feel that. To. But that's the thing. It might be like the headache. Because we, uh, and uh, it's interesting because we, the woman and I had a really good conversation. And he actually had the cheek one day to say to me, I can't believe you spoke to her. As if I had been disloyal to him. I was like, are you all right? What, what do I owe you? You just blew up my whole life. You even met my child. Do you know what I mean? Like Oof. you blew up my whole life. And I didn't, I didn't, I, yeah, man. No, 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 no. And he actually thought, he goes like, why, why, why did you do that? That's like, oh, mate, no. But he's asking why you called the number yeah. that you gave to be like, this number may call you. Do you think uh, I'm... Who you, isn't going to call? <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Seriously. He, he was really it's upset. Lucky. 
Yeah. He's lucky you never went to the house. That's what I'm saying. Just about to say that. Like, I would, the, the first thing I probably would have been is to chat to this girl and be like, we should confront him together. And then yeah. he comes home and I'm sitting in the living room. How about that? Mm. That's something you could be like, that would have oh, been nice. Dark. You know, it would have been nice if you're on like a chair. You yeah, know, I would have like, been there. You know, like an office chair. You should have come with us and go there with a baseball bat. <laughs> spin around well, that, that was a heartbreak because I think and that's the annoying thing was it was a really good relationship even though it's based on eyes we had a good time if anyone tried dare do this to me again if they dare I'm telling you and my thing is if you want me to be quiet how much you, you're, gonna have to pay me. you're gonna have to fucking pay me man seriously because I need to get something out of this that's tangible that I can look I've earned something here do you know what I mean exactly skin do not get in it. All right. So mine was when I was in college and it was my first proper boyfriend. And when I say proper, you know what I mean by proper. So he's my first proper boyfriend. <laughs> um, and the girls who sang around with the boys and all of this stuff, we was a big group. Um, and I remember we went to one rave. I think it was a champagne bash. Auntie AK was there. I was 17 and all night I didn't see him. And that was really unusual. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about, Marvo. Anyway, all night, all night I didn't see him. And like all night, all his brethren kept coming up to me and saying, Farrow, you're right. Are you okay? And I'm like, what's the problem? Why do you not keep asking me if I'm all right? I'm fine. Like, why do you keep asking me if I'm all right? I'm going to backtrack slightly. So let's say a couple of weeks before this rave, one guy in college who thought he was amazingly attractive, but really, really was quite unattractive mm-hmm. at the time. And he used to think that all of us girls fancied him. He was like, oh, to me, he was like to me, Farah, don't you creep? Yeah, I'm showing my age. And I was like, no, creep. What's that? And he's like, you know, everybody creeps, Farah. Everybody. And I was like, oh, okay. Just carried on about my life. So at this rave now, all, this, all my um, boyfriend's friends are asking me, am I right? Blah, blah, blah. It was towards, I think, the end of Jungle. So it was starting to get like a bit funny. In this rave, a fight broke out and they started like throwing champagne bottles in Champagne Bash. Funny. <laughs> um, we were did. all, as they did. So we were leaving. And as we were leaving and we got to the door, it was Camden Palais. So, you know, like at Camden Palais, you have to go out the entrance. There's one entrance yeah. and one exit. You have to come mm-hmm. out like this to the one yeah. place. So at that entrance now, there was my boyfriend. Lipsing and hugging up and feeling up on the chair with one girl that was in college with us. One girl who used to try and beg friend with my girlfriends, but never used to want to chat to me. Like we didn't. She, like I didn't know her. She, no. She was like part of an alternative clique who yeah. the man them always used to go on about because they used to dress up and stuff, and we were quite tomboyish. And they'd be like, "You lot should dress up like them." And you're like, "Later." So then when we go raving, we look the same. We're not in it. This is me. I'm wearing my jeans and my trainers. This is how I look. Right. That's how. We <laughs> We were rowdy in it to mm-hmm. a certain so anyway he was lifting up and hugging up with this chick and I remember I was like this <gasps> and it's like I went to talk to, to say something like I went to go up there and I just felt all these hands on me and I just got pulled back and I never said anything to him and then I remember I was trying to phone him to find out what was going on he wasn't answering and I was phoning his friends and they were like oh I don't know I don't know in it oh far I don't I don't know what was going on just that and the other and then basically yeah he'd been cheating on me with this chick and that was that we kind of broke up and everyone was expecting me to like go to college on the Monday and start fighting with this girl or fighting <laughs> with him. And I was just like, I'm going to do, and this is, I think, where I learned the skill of, I'm going to do the opposite of what people are expecting me to do at this time. And I never said a word. 
and I never commented to him or her and I just let them crack on with it and they cracked on with it a lot. Um, not, not they had a relationship? They had more than a relationship. Yeah. They had a kid. They had children, which is... Wow. In wow. hindsight... No, but in hindsight, I'm like, well, that was supposed to be. Yeah, so that... So they, I, don't, I, mm. I, don't even, I don't even mind that that's what happened because that's, that was supposed to be. They had children and everything. It was just how they went about it at the time. And then Did you apologise? Not for years. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, decades. But she apologised before he did. Years later, she contacted me on one, one time on Facebook and was basically like, you know what, I'm really sorry about how I went about things. And I just like said, you know what, it's cool because we were all young and we didn't really know how to act and to behave. And I really respected her for that. And I think, to mm. be fair, I swear he only apologised when I told him that story one time mm. when I saw uh. him. But me and him get on like, we're not, f- I wouldn't say we're friends, but we, we get on like, because we have mutual friends still. And like, it's so random. So every so often on his birthday or my birthday, like he'll send me a message and he'll be like, is it your birthday today? And I'll be like, yeah. Or I'll message him on his bit. So it's, it's that, it's, it's just, it was at the time, it was the most devastating thing. I felt like I was in dynasty because <laughs> I was just like, my soul is hurting me. It was like, <laughs> and I remember, I remember the, the drive home <laughs> from the rave to my house. And it was so nuts because everyone was staying at my house that day. But the drive home, my friend had on it. It was Mary J. Blige's um, My Life. Oh. Like, and I was just like, and, album, and, and even to this day, that album, I'm like, shit, boy. That album has me up. And I was in, this, in the car just screaming at the top of my lungs, I'm going down. <laughs> 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 I'm going down. <laughs> <laughs> that was like, that was like my first heartbreak. But the maddest thing is this. That wasn't even a real heartbreak when I look back at it now. That was like smarting. Like c- c- the yeah. things that have happened yeah. since yeah. then, that was just like a little, little mm, taster. That's, that's when you were how... younger, wasn't it? I know. Yeah. <laughs> it was just a little taster in how conniving men can be. But yeah, I'll, just never, I'll never forget when I just was going out and I just saw him there. I was like... Yeah, that's the worst. Yeah. You know, your heart just drops yeah. into your feet. It was like that. Yeah. Has is asking, how did you get over or heal from your heartbreak? For the first heartbreak, I was, you know, I had a baby and it was joyful. So in the end, whatever, whatever. But the one that happened most recently took me a little while. Took me about, probably about a month because the fact that he was so embedded in my life was like, even down to our journeys coming home because he worked in central London. And I worked in central London. Piccadilly tube station was our tube station for meeting up to go everywhere. Hyde Park. We used to take long walks in Hyde Park. I remember going to Piccadilly Circus and not even wanting to avoid it and going and just starting crying. It was that, it's annoying that I even applied, had those emotions for him because I'm just, he's such a shit. But it was in those moments, it was really hard. But I just had to go through it. And it's very hard when you've got people depending on you that um, you've got to find that balance because... I wanted to just be, I, actually I did, I did, I, I think I kind of was in bed. I didn't go to work. It hit me hard because I think it was one of the first times I had a real proper relationship and I haven't had many. So, the, and it's the fact that it was happened so late in life and it was so good. It took a minute to get over that. So, but I just let myself go through it. And, I, and because my daughter for the first time was old enough to see this, I kind of couldn't hide it from her. I told her what happened and she just gave me space. I had to, and, but if she had any questions, I would have been ready to answer them. But she kind of, I guess we have a vibe, so we know each other. So she just, I didn't have any processes. I was just honest. I spoke to my friends. I cried when I needed to cry. 
I didn't try and be like I'm all strong and hide from those emotions. I just had to sit in it and then come out the other side. And then um, took a while because he was also involved in some of the work that I did. So we tried to continue as normal. I tried to be like, we've broken up, but you can still do these stuff that you're attached to the business to do. In the end, we were just like, nah. It came to a natural end and then that was it. No, The Power of Now is my go-to book when things are feeling shit because it helps yeah. you stop wallowing because it kind of tells you to be present. What are you doing now? What are you doing in the moment? It forces you to stop sinking into that pain body and reliving all the old shit mm. and staying in that. And so um, that's what, that's the book. Power of Now and the whole New Earth, both by Eckhart Tolle. Those are good books for me that get me through shit like that when I can't get myself off of the revolving wheel of sadness. I was 17, so I started dating someone else. Which <laughs> <laughs> is also a good method. It's enough of they, method. They, they do say to get over someone, you get under yeah, someone. Some, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I kind of just cut off from everybody, to be honest. If I'm dealing with something, not just heartache, but like I need to be alone and I give myself a time limit. So whether that's a day or three days, or whatever I just give myself a time limit where I can feel whatever I want to feel and I'm not even saying this is healthy <laughs> then I just get super busy super yeah. super busy it could be anything I'll just make sure I'm as busy as possible until it doesn't pop into my mind anymore yeah. as an adult that's mm -hmm. and I'm going through things that's exactly how I've dealt with stuff just make myself really really busy and focus on work and yeah you know family and that's it. I don't that's really it. have anything to add. <laughs> Sorry. It's a good thing, to be honest. It's a good thing not to. But I just, I just, you just have to be honest in your feelings. I think sometimes, especially yeah. whether it's a black woman thing or a woman thing, or whatever, we tend to like have to be tough. And sometimes that being tough thing stops us from really dealing with those emotions. And it's not, it's not, it's not nice to have to sit through that heartbreak, that feeling of just emptiness or whatever it was or that loss but you have to just be honest with it and you cannot avoid it so I think avoidance you've got to let yourself grieve there's a grievance and you're grieving that person regardless yeah. of situation I think there's a tendency to be embarrassed especially if the person did you wrong I removed that from myself because I felt like I'm not going to beat myself up I was like looking for the moment like this was this person did this shit to me it's not my fault and we take on that burden as women it's like oh I shouldn't have done it and oh, what did I do wrong yeah just take, remove that and allow yourself like yeah you fell for someone you love someone may not have been the right person but you just have to accept that forgive yourself or stop blaming yourself and focus on the positives because i think in any any walk in life when somebody is a mirror to you and you felt joy and love that's yeah. a positive mm -hmm. mm. so mm. you focus more on that that your heart was open enough to actually yeah. have that joy and love come in in any any situation and there's always going to be learning parts there's always going to be something that you gained from it even if the person was shitty there's yeah. going to be a learning experience and that's what we're here for even it's funny because i often feel uncomfortable saying that we were in love in that moment because it's like how can you because it feels like then you're giving an ex you're, you're you're defending him or anything or the person if you start to talk about the positives i think people feel scared to talk about the positives in something that if you present the story, it's quite negative. So I think that you're right in that actually you've got to take, because like I said, it was one of the best relationships I've ever had. And I, and I learned a lot about myself in a space that I'm not used to, because I'm not used to having those types of relationships. So, and I mean, he can still be a shit and be good. 
Yeah, you know, exactly. Uh, yeah. Somebody can be a murderer and still be a, a great person to somebody else. That's, that's the, the duality of our existence. So yeah, exactly. Uh, Roland's asking, are you less? Are you less trusting now, Auntie AK? No, I don't carry. I'm not someone that carries baggage to, from relationship to relationship. I don't think I do anyway. I try and learn from past experiences, and I, I think sometimes men think that if you ask certain, I think that's what puts women on the back foot from asking questions and investigating men because they don't want to be seen as nagging or carrying baggage or judging a man for a past man's behavior. So that kind of hinders our behavior, some women's behavior in exploring new relationships. So I'm conscious of that, but I'm not, I don't, I, it's not about trust. It's, I think it's what have I learned from that person, that experience, and how do I know that going into the next relationship, I'm going to ask you, ask that person more questions and or find a way to understand the situation a bit better am i less trusting i think my levels of trust for others are the same <laughs> is, that, is that like there's a little space of trust <laughs> trust no one you got my vote <laughs> trust nobody um i don't think i'm less trusting what i spoke about was very very innocent i suppose not innocent but young and I've had some stuff happen to me, which is really bad since then. But I don't think I'm less trusting. I think what it does is make me look at what I'm prepared to put up with more. And um, as Auntie AK said, ask questions more, I suppose, and, and not be ashamed of asking questions. Because like, like we all said, sometimes you feel as a woman like, oh, I don't want to say this because I don't want them to feel like that. And I don't want them to feel pressured. And why not? If you want to ask someone something, and you want to find out where you're at in a particular relationship or you're, you know, you've got concerns, you've got to voice them because otherwise you're not living your true self. And if you don't live your true self, then you're not happy in your relationship, really, are you? So, Ooh, facts. Someone's got another question. Kaz, go, on, go, on, go on, go on. Come on, then. Come I quite like the questions. Come on, then. Do you think dating gets easier as black women approach their 40s? Ooh. Easier. <laughs> only, only in the sense of you, because you're older you understand more what it is you want and don't want. Yeah. That's the only thing. But dating in general is difficult. No matter what age you are, I, I think it's difficult, but it's just, you understand that I got no time to waste. Like my patience, my tolerance level with certain things now is very much so like if I could sniff the bullshit in the air, mm. I'm very much to be like, I ain't got time for this and I'll move on. So I think that that's the only difference being in my 40s to being in my teens and 20s. Yeah, for all you kids out there, when you hit 40, there's a, your bullshit-o-meter is very, very, very low tolerance. It doesn't make you exempt from falling for wrong ones, but you should really be able to spot them by now and be able to be confident in yourself to call it out as well much earlier because you know there's nothing to lose. I think when you're young, you really think, oh my God, this could be the last guy I'm ever going to meet ever in the yeah. whole wide world. And actually at the end of the spectrum, it could be that as well. Like, shit. But, <laughs> <laughs> but actually... <laughs> but you could, you, you should be able to spot the bullshit as a know that your time's going to be wasted. And you should actually be able to make a decision where this is a dick for life or this is a dick for play. And this is literally, you start to get those kind of, yeah, big woman vibes. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. You definitely can differentiate between the two. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I don't date, so and I'm nowhere near forty, so I can't. Oh, Again, is killing me. Get your get your <laughs> on, passport on both out. Levels. This is coming this no, way. No, thank you. Let's do speed dating. <laughs> 
Put your deets in the DMs. Put your deets in the DMs and we'll decipher which one of you can speed date Auntie Shade. Yeah, definitely. No thanks. I think it's dinner time. All right. Cool. Yep, that ended. Hey, I'm Auntie Shade. You're listening to your Aunties Could Never. It's almost time to wrap up. Before we do, Aunties, what's made you sad, mad or glad? Okay, um, I'm sad about Kanye West, to be honest, um, and just what's happening with him and hope he gets the help that he needs. I'm still mad about the cops that haven't been arrested for Brianna Taylor's killing, um, or murder, I should say. Um, And I'm glad that I finally done my hair. Woo! Ooh. It's taken me three months <laughs> to get here, but I've finally done it. Do you know what I mean? I feel like a brand new person. I'm I'm sad about Kanye West as well. Um, and I, I, I wish him all the best. I hope he pulls through. That his full self comes comes out and he's able to be okay. I am mad about August Alcina doing oh. the entanglement track. I thought, oh, it was, did it? I thought it was yes. really <laughs> unnecessary. And it's and, um, terrible. Yeah, it's not a good track. It's unnecessary. And yeah, dude wants Will to come for him. Like it's 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 amusing, but I was like, dude, I was kind of rooting for you, but I guess he is like, you know, damaged as well. But yeah, I was mm-hmm. I was rooting for him, but this is just such a capitalist play. I was like, oh man, not you as well. Um yeah, so that made me a bit mad listening to that and I am glad that I am on my break although I am still processing some orders but I'm on my break now and I almost flaked on it (laughs) and then uh, the voice yesterday was like you said Monday that you was gonna take this break get on Canva and create the picture now and so I did it. I didn't fight it. And it feels good to be on a break. So I'm glad I did it. And I've given well me, myself some time off. I'm glad that I got my Amazon Echo. Because I didn't have to pay for it. I got a little reward. So I Ooh, used nice. the reward, some of the reward to get the Amazon Echo. So I've got that now. And me and my daughter are enjoying asking Alexa all sorts of <laughs> questions. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> She particularly enjoys what happens when you tell it that you love it and it just starts basically singing songs and that's, <laughs> that's pretty cool. So uh, I'm glad about that. I am sad about Kanye West. I hope and I pray that he gets the support that he needs because we all need to take mental health really seriously. And I am I'm mad that Zara haven't delivered my daughter's clothes that I bought her because I spent so much money buying her clothes and getting a delivery. It was supposed to come on Monday. It didn't come yesterday. And it's just quite annoying because she's growing like a weed. And every time she puts on clothes nowadays, I'm like, what's happening? <laughs> why, why are your legs so long? Like, <laughs> I'm really confused. So I'm mad about that. Okay. I am sad um, because, no, I'm going to be mad. I'm mad because I poured water on my laptop and it's messed it up and it took me out the whole day trying to sort it out and I'm just really mad about that. I'm sad that the reason why I spilled water on my laptop was because I was baking a chicken pie and usually my chicken pies are phenomenal 
but this time my pie was crap. So not only did I make a crap, well, the middle was great, but my pastry, because I like to make my pastry from scratch. I used a butter that I'm not really used to using. And I just think I try to fit it in a window where I really needed time to breathe. And it's not the way that my chicken pies come out. So I'm pissed off because I'm sad and mad and pissed off about it because it contributed to me losing my laptop for no apparent reason. A dead pie. Um, but I'm... <laughs> anyway, but I'm also glad because I did take... I kind of had an inverted day off then today, really, because I, well, I had to go to Westfields and sort it out. For the first time I went to Westfields, got out, actually went to the shops and bought some stuff for myself in the window. I had to wait for my genius appointment at Apple. Got my toes done. Ooh. My toes have been nice. looking real witchy. And I actually got my toes done. So in all this pain and sadness and madness, I have had some glad times today. Um, you can sell some foot pics for OnlyFans. Yes, for I can real. do that. I can start my OnlyFans <laughs> account and get that, get that foot fetish money. Um, <laughs> Nicola on Facebook has said that she's sad that we're on school holidays. She's running out of ideas. She doesn't have anything. She doesn't have anything to be mad about. She's glad for the word entanglement. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, Nicola. She, she said she says the word it's life. And I agree with you. That is yeah. the word. Fantastic. Yeah, it's the best word ever. Yes, Nicola. <laughs> Sorry about the school holidays. I mean, you guys have already been on a long holiday already and now it's more to It's do. like a never-ending but, but at journey. least things, things are reopening. So maybe it might not be so bad unless you've got to work as well and you don't have mm. that bad. We, we, we are thinking about centre parks or Butlins or like, you know, a staycation trip just to kind mm, of yeah. break it up. I've nice. been thinking the same. I need to do something with my little one. Try go somewhere. I'm going to ask Emma to take me somewhere. Did <laughs> <laughs> she take me <laughs> And that's it. Do hit us up on Instagram and let us know what's made you sad, mad and glad. If you want to follow the aunties, here's how you can. You can follow me, Auntie AAK, on all social media platforms at The British Blacklist. You can follow me, Auntie Nana, on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest and Twitter at love yaya you can follow me auntie shade at shade salami on all platforms and you can follow me auntie farah on instagram at far out productions 77 and that's our show you've been listening to your aunties could never podcast hosted by the british blacklist please listen to us via apple podcast spotify and other listening platforms we're also on facebook and Instagram as your aunties could never. Please don't forget to like, comment and subscribe. See you later. (laughs)